two weeks in a row, we've kind of like opened with that. We probably shouldn't open with that. <laughs> Something else. Yes. I think I did that we'll in the last 20 week. more listeners. That puts us into the negative, I believe. Pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> it would definitely put us into the negative at this point. So this. There you go. <laughs> so welcome back, listeners, to Dance Robot Dance. Uh, this is the 272nd episode of our weekly podcast where we talk about all things geeky and nerdy from a decidedly not safe for work point of view. My name is Tim. I'm coming to you this week from Brantford, Ontario, from my parents' house. I'm here for the Thanksgiving holiday, and I've got Mark with me from St. Catherine. What's up, everybody? Not much. It's been a busy week. I did a lot of like going out this week. Uh, I spent, I like did three nights out this week. It was weird. Uh, that's weird. What is that like? I went out once for the movies, obviously, and that was yeah. just, like that's enough for me. So they weren't really yeah. doing like it was pretty packed actually. Like they weren't. It, it feels like they're like tightening up the social distancing a little bit on the uh, at the movie theater. Yeah, our theater still like we had at least one seat on either side of us, kind of thing. Yeah. And so yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, so I did one night, one night out there. One night, I finally went to uh, Stormcrow Manor in Toronto. The, like big like nerd geek mansion bar kind of thing with a couple of my oh, friends yeah, yeah, from undergrad yeah. which is down on like church street it was cool yeah we had infinity shots they came it's all the same shot but it comes on a little like platform that's lit up so each one looks like it's one of the colors of each of the infinity stones and yeah so that was those good times yeah. And then last night I went to uh, the Shaw Festival in Niagara on the Lake and I was down yeah near neck of the woods and my mom and I saw a show down there and had dinner that was nice too that's cool. I think I have some friends who are still working for uh, Shaw this year, so oh, yeah? hopefully they're not listening in, to this podcast. But you know, whatever. <laughs> in what in what capacity? Oh, it's like uh, set people and stuff like that, like set decorators and mm. uh, costume people. I know a lot of costume dorks like that people, do that kind of stuff. People from Brock. Ah, uh, yeah, mostly people that I went to school with that do like they do it on the side kind of thing, or former cosplayers that do it on the side kind of thing, basically. Oh yeah, uh, and do like that kind of costuming. So. Always somebody doing something around here. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get into this week's nerdy news. There is a fair bit of stuff that happened. The, the big one, uh, which just happened a couple days ago, is that we got an announcement that Catherine Hahn is getting a spinoff of her Agatha Harkness character from WandaVision. Uh, so we're getting another villain-focused Disney Plus series, which I'm not sure how I feel about. I don't know if this is something we necessarily need. For this character that is like, I don't know, Disney just is just on this like bend right now of like, hey, here are these like, you know, villainous characters that we're going to try and make really, really sympathetic by making them funny and, and you know, charismatic. I mean, like, not on the like, heels of the Suicide Squad or <laughs> the Joker that always has its own comic and all that kind of stuff. Actually, actually just had his own movie that I think was did pretty well, didn't it? Oh, we didn't Jesus. like it. So <laughs> like, it's not it's not just Marvel. Everybody's doing it. I mean, villain. Yeah. Villain protagonist, not a new thing. My question is like, how many fucking Marvel shows are we going to have by the time this is all said and done? Every character at Marvel's going to have their own Disney Plus show <laughs> yeah. pretty soon. Yeah. So like, can we just have Daredevil already? Just Rocket Raccoon, the series we're going to get. I mean, fine, but can I have Daredevil? I just want Daredevil <laughs> back. Like, that's all I fucking want. And Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Eh, give us all that shit back. Eh, I want Daredevil. I don't give a shit about everybody else, really. Just give me fucking Matt. That's all well, I Kristen want. Ritter, I think, was on the record again uh, recently oh, yeah. saying like that she's just dying to get back to that character. Like she would love to do more Jessica Jones. So I wanted to see where they were going with Luke Cage at the end of that show, yeah. too. The only Gang one that I didn't Luke Cage, even Iron Fist, I was like, they're getting to the stuff that I like. Like it took them two seasons of horrifically dull bullshit to get there. But like they were getting the stuff I wanted to see. 
mm-hmm. also. But like, yeah, the Luke Cage as gang boss that the defenders have to take down sounds like a fucking story I want to watch. It's actually probably a story they should do in the comics at this point so that I can yeah. see it happen and bring Daredevil back. Mostly just fucking do Daredevil already. That's all anybody wants. <laughs> anyway. And by anybody, we mean Mark. Well, I just mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just the circles I'm in, but I, I, all the, the thing I see the most when anything like new show comes up is like, why don't they just, just do Daredevil? Like everybody just wants that show back. Just do that show. Yeah. That's the comment that I see like pop to the like top of the Reddit comments almost every time. It's like, oh, Daredevil, why is yeah. it not happening again? It's like, well, we don't know, and it's just shit. But either way, like, I mean, I'll watch it because she was fine on that show. Yeah, she, I mean, she was an interesting character. It's just I don't know. I don't know if you can get a whole series out of that character, but we're gonna find out. And plus, you know, this is probably gonna take place. The other thing is, she does tie into Doom, so like, there oh, okay. are characters you can lead into with Agatha Harkness that yeah. aren't just like you know, her doing like whatever she does, like they also could lead into bigger things down the road. Yeah. Cause she has connections to doom. She has connections to Stephen strange. She has connections to even Spider-Man in some spots. So like she's one of those characters that like just kind of pops up here and there. Yeah. But yeah. You know, so you can do a lot with that character, but I'm, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. Like, yeah, we've got an echo show coming too. like, how many shows do we need? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> how many shows till like I'm done, even I'm done. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. How, how long till they, you know, pull a CW and just like fucking like everybody just gets burnt out on it, right? Well, that's I mean, thankfully, like, you know, it's only going to be an eight episode, like a six to eight episode, like yeah, couple week thing, like endeavor as opposed to like, hey, keep track of this for 22 weeks, guys. And yeah. it's not going to be great for those 22 weeks. either. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be all over the place in terms of quality. Very, very hard, like uh, middling in terms of quality at some points. And whereas like those six episode shows, like don't really do that. So. I guess that's a little bit easier to take care of, but yeah, they're definitely getting to the point where like I can see some of the, the more casual audience kind of starting to like really peel away as you get into like, you know, echo Agatha Harkness show, she Hulk, like these, this next batch of shows, like mm-hmm. it's a lot eventually. So yeah, even I never read every book that a comic publisher, you know, put out. So I get that eventually you just kind of don't have to follow everything. And sometimes you just show up for the Avengers. Yeah. So there is also that <laughs> it's been my parents, I think, for all of the Marvel movies, pretty much. Well, I mean, like, that's how like a lot of comic readers go too, right? You show up for the events or you like you just kind of read the Avengers and the books you're interested in until something happens. Like if we're getting to that point with the shows, then, you know, so be it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. They, these are a bigger time commitment than any comic really is. Like it takes what? 10 minutes to read through a 22 page comic. Like even a trade yeah. takes you what, like an hour to get through tops kind of thing. Yeah. Like that's a whole story for six months worth of a comic where it's like yeah it's six hours to sit through these series kind of thing yeah. <laughs> well you know or, tw- or like but it's not 22 hours so at the same time i don't know yes it's in between yeah I, i'm yeah. very much you know quality over quantity kind of guy so yeah see next up we got a little bit more news or i guess character points out of the eternals we are finally getting an openly gay character in the mcu or hero character in the MCU. And it's going to be Fastos from uh, the Eternals who is uh, married with a kid. They, there was like a, a bit of footage that they released that showed that. So finally, great. Hopefully they actually make it consequential and not just like, okay, this is it. We'll edit it out for China. <laughs> so, I mean, now there's always that you know, <laughs> probability also. Yeah. So. It's, uh, it's Brian Tyree Henry's character and uh, listeners will know him if they've watched the Atlanta series he played uh paperboy the rapper character on that show 
I really should get into that. I keep meaning to watch. That's one of those like it's really good shows. So yeah. yeah. Speaking of other black actors in the MCU, Letitia Wright's back on her fucking shit again. Apparently, she is still not vaccinated and is filming Black Panther two. Are they actually let her on set? Like, is that that's yeah that's happening? And and yeah, actually let her on set. And apparently, she is like promoting anti vaxxer bullshit on the set as well. Oh, anything we say is just going to get misconstrued. You can't say anything about this. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's that. And then, like, that movie is not to put too fine a fucking point on it, but that movie might be cursed. You know, (laughs) that second Black Panther movie might be, uh, might be time to put that one on the shelf for a little while, boys. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where like you're playing a character that is like notably brilliant, like science genius kind of thing, like fucking Tony Stark level genius. And yet you, the person, can't fucking figure out that you need to get vaccinated. Well, they're going to replace her as the smartest person in the MCU pretty soon anyway. There is a Reed Richards that needs to get cast. So, <laughs> yeah, that, there's that, I guess. I don't know what else to tell you there. But in the in the same article, this was a Hollywood Reporter piece. In the same article, there was a, a really nice quote from Giancarlo Esposito, basically like Colin. Oh, his people. fucking yeah, his fucking shit was like he's gold. Just yeah, like I just love that so guy. Good. It was yeah. it was uh, if if you don't want to vaccinate, go to a small island and sequester yourself. Otherwise, you're saying fuck you to all other human beings. We all have to do it if we want to live. I don't understand how people don't vaccinate. For me, I've lost dear friends, so I know it's real. Not only in Europe, but America. Friends who are completely healthy and uncompromised, the vaccine is the answer. I'm not doubting anyone who doesn't want to vaccinate. Don't work. Go ride it out somewhere where you're not going to compromise anyone else if you get it. So basically, don't go to a fucking like, you know, film major set. motion picture, picture fucking film set where there's hundreds of people around. And just because you fucking like don't believe science, you feel like you can put everybody else at risk. I don't know. It makes me want to run out and buy Far Cry 6. I don't know. But, <laughs> oh, woof. I heard that was pretty fucking rough, though. Uh, I've heard it, like, it plays just like every other Far Cry, which I'm usually into. I like Far Cry games. They are like they're they're almost a genre unto themselves, like a big Ubisoft yeah. open world first person shooter. It is like a particular kind of game, but I don't yeah. know. He's in them. And if he's playing the villain, what, how can you go wrong? I'm sure it'll be entertaining, <laughs> at least. Yeah. And you get to kill a whole bunch of other people, too. So there's that. <laughs> Either way, I don't know. Like these, I, I got nothing. You know what I mean? When it comes to yeah. the anti-vax shit, I got like just nothing. Just get me on my Black Panther movie, I guess. But I mean, <laughs> be safe while you're making it. So, yeah. Speaking of Black Panther, we got the season finale of What If this past week, which I have a feeling is probably going to be the last work that we see Chadwick Boseman doing it uh, for the MCU because he had recorded the lines for T'Challa in there, Star-Lord T'Challa in there. And uh, yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it. It was a satisfying finale to the season. I think I think we'd probably do an episode on that at some point. Yeah. I mean, like, we'll be pretty far removed from the finale by the time we get uh, past all these movies. <laughs> we have a breath of air yeah, from all the yeah. other movies. But yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the finale for sure. And that is, yeah, that, I guess that would be the end of uh, Chadwick's contributions to the MCU. This is sad. That's too bad. Yeah. Especially like without having like firm knowledge of what's going on with Black Panther. If they're, you know, I don't know. I mean, they're shooting the movie. Obviously. Are they going to address yeah, his absence and everything? Yep. So I don't know. We got our first footage from the HBO Max Peacemaker series with John Cena. Did you watch that little clip? It's not even like a trailer, the clip that they released. I did. I saw it, but like yeah. three days ago. So like, I don't really. 
It was it was them. It was oh, him them talking about full yeah, costume yeah. in in yeah. like a diner kind of thing. Like they're going, they're like you know, having like a dinner meeting kind of thing, and he shows up late and in full costume with an eagle in the fucking back seat of his car. I mean, the show's gonna be amazing, and John Cena is a fucking like national treasure at this point. So <laughs> like that shit, he, he was born to do this peacemaker thing. Like he's just living his best life doing that shit. He is so fucking funny in that role. Yeah. So I mean, when's that start? That's not uh, January. Is that, is that oh January? Ugh. Yeah. Maybe through Christmas before that comes. I thought it was gonna be one of those November <laughs> shows. But yeah, I'm I'm on board because like more of that. Let's, it was fun seeing else. like yeah, it was fun seeing the other FBI or whatever characters that yeah. were sort of taking the piss out of him and shit like that too, like taking digs at him. That was fun. What do they call that? What do they call them? In uh... I, it, I mean, it's all Task Force X, but I don't know what have the actual shield. name. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, like, what is what is the government agency in DC? Like, is it there's shield? like because we have there's shield, a number right? of them, right? There's like the DEO. There's oh, okay. uh, which is Department of Extra uh, Extra Normal Operations. There's yeah, there's a few different ones, but I I, I don't. Okay. I mean, the What's Task the Force X like operate Checkmate. Checkmate. That's it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Of. But that, Task Force X like operates just under the under the like American government, basically. Yeah. Okay. So. I just assume like that kind of thing because it sounds like Thunderbolts operating under Shield, like in in the six one six. It's basically mm-hmm. like everything always kind of rolls back to Shield and Hydra kind of thing. Like they always have that. Like those Over are the two big. Arching. Yeah. Even with Sword now, like we have Sword also kind of on the other side doing the alien stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's that was a much later addition. Like Shield's been around since. Oddly enough, was introduced so that they could have a James Bond in the Marvel universe in Nick Fury, given the title of our. Or what are, we're talking about this week. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where that comes from anyway, right? Is uh, them wanting to do James Bond in the MCU and creating Nick Fury. Like, that's kind of how that worked anyway. But yeah. either way. Uh, next, I had the... We got a trailer, our first trailer for the Game of Thrones prequel series, House of Dragons, which follows the Targaryens like a couple hundred years before the Game of Thrones. I mean, it looks like a Game of Thrones series, basically except everybody's blonde because they're all Targaryens. <laughs> I didn't watch it. I have like <laughs> zero interest in that. I have less interest in that than I have in that Lord of the Rings show. You're going to force me to watch next year, <laughs> which is saying something. <laughs> so. I, don't know. I mean, it looks well, not necessarily sword and sorcery, but more sword than sorcery kind of thing. But you know, pal- palace intrigue kind of thing. And so if you're yeah. in that, then this might be kind of serious for you. I watched Game of Thrones specifically because everybody was watching Game of Thrones. It just became one of those things where, like, I would never have gone out of my way to watch that show on my own. But mm-hmm. because everybody got into it, I kind of got into it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to go down another rabbit hole like that at this point. <laughs> like, it feels like it was kind of a uh, a zeitgeisty go with the flow kind of thing. Yeah. And then there's so many other premium level shows to watch, like all the fucking time. You know. What I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just it. Like, I've been resistant to to get into a couple of other series that have been getting like massive you know cultural zeitgeisty yeah. kind of like you know props and stuff like that lately like everybody's into fucking uh oh what's that jason sudeika show ted lasso oh, right ted lasso. now and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah i don't know if i'm really gonna get into a show about fucking soccer but i don't know i, I had the same i think we talked about this literally last week i remember yeah. like i think we just talked about ted lasso i think it was yeah. last week actually and i had exactly the same opinion where i'm like i yeah. i know everybody's talking about it but like i watched the first episode and i'm like yeah, it doesn't really do anything for me. Like, I don't yeah. like and then then Squid Game's the other one. Now. The first one that one looks interesting to me, and it's only yeah. like six episodes, so I might get into that. Squid, so. yeah, it looks like Black Mirror kind of thing. So, yeah. that, that I might I might actually bite into at some point, but like, it's yeah. gonna, I'm gonna need 
to have some time, you know, to set aside for it kind of thing, which yeah. right now there's so much other shit coming out that I might not, it'll be, it's tough to find. I was going to get that into that this week, but like I ended up watching a whole bunch of bond movies instead so that I actually could like contextual. Like it's been so long since I've watched them that I kind of forgot like specifically the last one. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the, the review, but yeah. Oof. Yeah. The next thing that I had, well, we might end up having sort of another break or slowdown in productions and new stuff coming out in the, you know, maybe in like six months or something like that, because the uh, IETSE, the International Alliance of State or Theatrical Stage Employees has authorized a nationwide strike under like, or over basically like just really shitty working conditions. Like they're getting like forced to work like really long days, like with like eight hours between their shifts, like in like 14, 15 hour shifts and stuff like that. Or like, you know, hardly getting anything in terms of a weekend and that kind of thing. And yeah. And especially they had negotiated sort of back when Netflix was kind of new and, you know, didn't have necessarily all the money that like the big studios had, they'd sort of negotiated different rates and conditions that the, that people could work under for those streaming th- shows just to kind of support them and get them off the ground. And now like, yeah, fucking yeah. Disney and Netflix don't need that help now. And so like they're yeah. looking to renegotiate those working conditions as well. And fuck yeah, strike your asses off and get your fucking get treated better for sure. So I'm, I'm in full support of this and I have people that are part of these uh, unions in the Atlanta area that work on these shows and are definitely in support of all this too. And so, yeah, even the Canadian union is like, I've like, I've been in touch with them to do work for that, that industry. And like, it just sounds like a fucking horror show. So like, yeah, and that's even like the end where I'm at, you know what I mean? Where I'm like doing art for this kind of shit, which is like the, the lax, most lackadaisical side of it. You could possibly get to, it's still Mm -hmm. like, you still hear horror stories about whatever going on. So like, yeah, uh, I'm glad they're striking and doing that kind of stuff so that, yeah, everybody's getting like their fair share and paid and all that kind of shit. Because yeah, I mean, when you're seeing so like the... fucking money on this exactly. stuff, like yeah. like pay like treat your people at least like at the very least you can fucking treat your people properly. You know what I mean? If you're not, yeah. if you're not gonna pay them, it's like you know, scarjo money or whatever. So yeah, this was a piece that I had that is uh, going back in time, but it is Lord of the Rings related and it's pretty fucking cathartic. So I thought I'd mention it. So Elijah Wood was doing a an interview recently. Where was it for? Oh, he was speaking to on Dak Shepard's podcast, uh, Armchair Podcast, and he said that there was a an orc mask in the Lord of the Rings movies that was modeled after Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I'm not. Are you surprised by any of that? that <laughs> no, doesn't surprise me at all. But again, I mean, there was bad blood between because Weinstein worked for. Miramax and well, Jackson and, worked for him specifically. Yeah, exactly. So there was like bad right? blood between Jackson and Weinstein. And so I guess like, you know, I don't know if Jackson specifically like said that he wanted to do it or whatever, but you know, one surprise back. It happened anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, he's going to be one of those figures. We're going to be hearing stories about like that for probably the next 10 years at this point. Yeah. Is he in jail or is he still on fucking trial? Oh no, he's, he's in jail. Yeah. He, well, I know he's in jail, but like, is he, but is he like, there's still other charges pending and yeah, stuff as well. Okay. But yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Second last thing that I had related to what we're talking about tonight, Denis Villeneuve, who we've been talking about plenty lately because he did Blade Runner in 2049 and Dune, which is coming out in just two weeks now. I'm so excited. Wants to do a Bond movie and fuck yes, give him a Bond movie. Like, why would you not give him a Bond movie? Uh, I can't think of a good reason to not <laughs> give him a Bond movie. 
I'm real torn on this franchise now, so I don't know what they want to do with it at this point. You know what I mean? Like after, and we'll, again, we'll talk about it because that's what we're yeah. fucking talking about this week. But like, I don't know what they do now. You know what I mean? Because like, it feels like a dead franchise to me in a lot of ways. But like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if Denny Villeneuve wants to do it, like, I hope they sign him up before this fucking movie hits box office because I don't know how this movie's gonna do. <laughs> and I don't think the Broccoli's are very notoriously very picky about who they put on these movies. So, well, I'm kind of hopeful that like because we're still like coming out of that like post pandemic feeling and like people are just like clamoring for those big budgety kind of movies. I mean, I ran out. will flock out so. to see. Yeah, that that more people will go see Dune than maybe necessarily would have if it was. Oh, yeah. Non COVID kind of times, and people were just like, oh, I've been able to, you know, it's just another movie that's coming out kind of thing. And I've, I mean, I ran out for Bond, I guess. You know, I see so. movies all the time or whatever, right? Where, yeah. So, but like we do this podcast. So it is like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not the, I'm not the, I'm not the person that people were talking about in terms of like getting them out to see that. Cause I go, yeah. even if we weren't doing this podcast, I'd go, even right now, I would still be going just to get out of the fucking house at this point. <laughs> yeah to go see these movies so it's yeah it's tricky but it's like i hope people are getting out there for doom although that's the problem right like now we've just had a bond movie so like did everybody get to go and get their yayas out with a bond movie <laughs> first because that's I, that's a pretty uh, easy answer some overlap there uh, yeah but I, I don't know exactly how much you know i think you'll maybe get some more of the art house folks out for Dune than you maybe would for Bond necessarily. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm I'm both audiences, so like again, yeah. this is hard for me to say, right? So yeah. there you go. And the very last thing that I had was the we had already mentioned that Hulu is making a new Hellraiser movie, and they announced the uh, actor or actress that's going to be playing Pinhead this time around, and it's uh, Jamie Clayton, who's female actress that has been in. Sensate, The L Word, a couple other things. I don't know her very well, but I think, I mean, I'm, I'll watch a female Pinhead. That sounds like fun. I think Pin, Pinhead in the actual Clive Barker story that inspired Hellraiser, inspired the movie, I think may have been female to begin with. So it's just, in that case, going back to the source material. But yeah, I'm fine with that. Cool. So that was everything I had. Did I miss anything? I have two things. Star Trek Discovery starts November 18th for mm. those of us who are going to torture ourselves again this year. So there's that. Um, it looks like Ghostbusters Afterlife has had some screenings also, and they yes. are kind of, they look kind of mixed. Like the reviews look pretty mixed so far, which again, the headline on io9 is derailed by fan service, which is exactly what I was fucking terrified about. Not great, but either way. And then the last thing, which I think is really fucking dope, is uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples saga is like ramping back up to come out as a comic, like to start production okay. again. They've been on a little sabbatical while I think. Yeah. That's been on hi- hiatus for ages. Hasn't it? It's been one of those ones. People are like, when the fuck is this going to come back? Yeah. But apparently it's coming back in the new year, which is fucking awesome. Cause that's one of my, like it's one of the best books going right now. Um, or was like when it kind of kicked off, was it 2018? They fucking stopped. Yeah. 2018 looks like, but that yeah, it looks like they're back in January, which is fucking awesome. Cause man, saga is really good. So yeah, that's all I really I, I'm seeing at the top level here. Nice. Um, all right, and we can move on to our geek of the week, which is where we each recount the nerdiest thing we've done in the last week or so. so Mark, what's your geek of the week? Uh, the other news story is that Metroid Dread came out like <laughs> literally today. No, yesterday. I guess today's Saturday. It came out on Friday. I've been playing it basically for the last 24 hours. It is fucking slick as fuck. It's fantastic. I'm very excited. It's hard too. Like I've I've gotten my 
I've gotten beat up a couple times in there. So like, take your time, enjoy it. Uh, but it's yeah, it's exactly what I fucking want. Make you take your time and enjoy it. It kind of is, man. It's it like some of the bosses have been fucking tricky, and I'm like, at, at first, I'm I'm getting I get frustrated because I'm like, fuck, I just want to get through this because like I just want to like I want to have beat Metroid, you know what I mean? But like at the same time, I'm like, man, it takes them like 900 years to get one of these fucking things out, so maybe I should just like <laughs> enjoy it a little bit. But and it's not just binge on it. Yeah, but it's good. It's really good. So if uh, anybody was kind of debating, like waiting to hear from a Metroid fan whether or not they should pick up Dread, then you're you have the stamp of approval from like the biggest Metroid fan. Like I fucking love these games, and I am a hundred percent on board with this. So much so that I have put my second Switch dock on my desk and hooked it up to my monitors so that if I like while I'm sitting here working, I can flip inputs and start and play for a little while. <laughs> As opposed to having to walk over to the TV, which is also right there and has another switch dock. Because I have two switch docks for you mostly from when I lived in a house that had a basement and an upstairs where I had TVs yeah. hooked up kind of thing. But now I have two and they're basically back to back. But it just means I have to move my switch because I have two pro controllers, too, because I'm a monster. Nice. Anyway, yeah, Metroid Dread, fucking get in there if you're into that kind of shit. It's fucking dope. So my Geek of the Week, I have been participating in a, a group read-along of Lord of the Rings with a small like Facebook group slash Discord server that I'm part of that has like a it's it's sort of whole purpose is that it's trying to like center more like diverse voices and stuff like that, like non-white, non-straight, that kind of thing. And I haven't read the books in almost like 20 years. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to sort of reread them and get some fresh perspectives. So like the uh, last weekend we did like a group or no, I guess this is like two weeks ago at this point, whatever. We we did a group reading over Zoom of uh, a long expected party, like the first chapter where it's all the preparation for Bilbo's birthday party and everything and does the big speech and disappears and everything. And that was a lot of fun. And Gandalf comes in and does all this fireworks and everything. And then we sort of like talked over some like and had like just sort of a discussion on the chapter. So it's been fun so far. It's been a nice opportunity to get back into the that writing after having like spent so long getting through the Silmarillion. So, and they're only doing like one chapter a week. So and you know, Tolkien is not particularly like dense reading or anything like that. So hopefully I'll be able to keep up with it for the long term. Cool. Cool. I haven't. Uh, I should really like I haven't read those books since like high school it's been a long time yeah i haven't read the lord of the rings books since the since the Jack, peter jackson movies came out like i've read like passages yeah, here probably, and there yeah. or like i've i've picked up like a chapter or something like just because like oh man i i'd forgotten about you know i forget about like this part of the book and i just want to go back and, and reread that part or whatever but yeah since i did like the whole thing it was absolutely the movies the last time i read them now that i think about it i remember like buying the uh the box set or whatever they had out at the time the black the one. black covered ones yeah we have those yeah ones. yeah nice. fuck we have so many editions of lord of the rings in our house too <laughs> yeah so many <laughs> so, so many english majors in one house <laughs> what's that i bet you alicia as you beat <laughs> you would be i would i bet you you would actually be fucking surprised <laughs> like there's probably I can think of a dozen different editions that are in this house. But well, I guess between Paul and like dad, there's okay. a dozen different editions floating around in the family kind of thing. So, yeah. but like in this house alone, there's got to be eight that I, that I can remember seeing in the last like six months. Yeah. And that's not the ones that are not hidden away in fucking crates somewhere else because there's <laughs> books. This house is like a weird library that we're going to have to sort through at some point. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So we can move on to our. 
Meat of the episode. Meat contaminated with nanobots. I was going to go with vodka fucking flavored meat, but that's fine too. <laughs> Shaken, not stirred. Shaken, not stirred meat. Yeah, because yeah, this is for somehow the first fucking Bond movie that has come out since we started doing this podcast. I was going to say, we can explain that very easily by the fact there hasn't been a fucking Bond movie since we started doing this podcast, which is <laughs> baffling to me. Because they were coming out at a pretty steady fucking clip for, like, in between. And then all of a sudden, just fucking gone. <laughs> so, yeah, dropped off the fucking face of the earth. Like, they skipped the entire Trump presidency. I was like, that's what I was realizing today. I was like, how the fuck did that happen? Like, they yeah, were, they didn't do anything during the because 2015 was specter because i just finished yeah, watching it was, it. was late 2015 yeah yes yeah and like we didn't start doing this till what like 20 sometime middle, in 2016 yeah like summer yeah. 2016 is when we started this so so yeah <laughs> we saw no time to die the new uh bond movie the 25th film in the james bond series in daniel craig's final outing as james bond directed by carrie joji fukunaga Starring Remy Malek, Leah Seydoux. I'm going to butcher a bunch of French names on this episode. And Mark's yeah. going to show me up on them. So just get yeah. ready for that. Uh, Lashana Lynch, Naomi Harris, Ben Wishaw, Jeffrey Wright, Christoph Waltz, and Ray Fiennes. So straight up, spoiler alert first. If you have not seen this movie already and you want to, there is definitely some very like spoiler warning worthy shit in this, uh, in this plot synopsis that I'm about to have Mark do. So this may be the most like spoiler like you actually have to consider spoilers for a bond movie for the first time ever because yeah. it doesn't just like hard reset the status quo at the end exactly shit happens that, of consequence <laughs> yeah there's an ending to this movie that isn't just like james bond will return even though it james bond say. will return <laughs> they don't say in how many decades james bond will return <laughs> or what decade also i'm thinking exactly. they might do some 60s shit after this but yeah. who knows so uh so mark can you tell us the plot of No Time to Die? Well, first of all, I was stoned and only saw it once, so bear with me here. But <laughs> yes, we start, I think it's France they're supposed to be in, but I'm not. Norway is, this, is where the, is it is Norway? Where the like, okay. ancestral, yeah, the, the Swan family ancestral home is. That's the one thing I never get on the first watch through is the locations. I'm always just like, man, that's beautiful, but where is it? <laughs> Except for Cuba, because they the mention time. it. Yeah, it's only like half the time that sometimes, that's a weird thing, like, in terms of conventions on these Bond movies, sometimes they tell you, like, they put on the screen, this is where we are now, kind of thing. Yeah. At the time, it's like, you gotta fucking figure it out on your own. What's weird was that, like, the, this series antecedent, I guess, the Bourne movies are, like, meticulous about showing you where you are and telling yeah. you where you are at every fucking point at all times, kind of thing. Like, time-stamped and, like, fucking coordinates and shit they're telling you in the born movies mm -hmm. and like that's this that's what these movies should be doing right like you would think they <laughs> have if you're gonna lift something from because they lift fucking everything else from the born movies in these yeah. ones especially yeah, if you're gonna jump all over the fucking world and like you know yeah. and and the location that you're in often does have some consequence on the plot and shit like that you would think yeah. you would want to tell people where you actually are rather than absolutely just hoping that they guess right and you know what's funny? It's not like it costs that much because you know the X Files did it like in every episode too, right? Like every yeah. fucking time that camera cut, they were like, da -da -da -da, da -da -da. It was like, all right, now I know where I am. Anyway, yes, we meet a young Madeline Swan. So this is Leia Sadu's character. Yeah. She witnesses her mother, Mrs. Who is White. played by, yeah, Mrs. Who is Mr. White from I guess Casino Royale, like going all the way back to Daniel Craig's first outing as Bond. Yeah. Mr. White's 
wife and like so like to seduce his daughter and that's madeline swan i don't the names are all going to be all fucky too because i can't remember i'm mean, like it's actor names and character names and this yeah. that and the other thing and i don't really necessarily remember who everybody and is, Mr. White is one of like the high high-end people inspector well quantum at first and then specter yeah. later yeah right or whatever so depending on how like which part of like which branch of the plot you want to take depending, yeah. like because now i've watched all these movies in the last couple of days and i'm like oh yeah they were arc welding like hardcore through a couple of these movies, like <laughs> yeah. real hard to get to Spectre and like reintegrate Spectre into the story and stuff. And then like it's almost like they forgot plot points from some of the earlier movies to tie it all together that actually would have tied together properly if they just read their own movies before they wrote the fourth script. Either way, well, we'll get there. But either way, so a young Madeline Swan is with her mother in Norway, hiding away because they're Mr. White's family when a, a, a masked man named Safin, I believe. Yeah, is that Safin? Lucifer Safin, who is played by Rami Malek, who we don't, who we don't see at this point though, is just a masked man at this point. Um, comes in and kills the mother and chases Madeline out onto the lake. Well, actually, yeah, she Madeline shoots him. Shoots him yeah. yeah, so she ambushes and shoots him, drags him outside, and then runs away from him when he kind of wakes up again. How he survived that we don't know, but he's got some real like Doctor No kind of like science things happening to him that we don't really get to see. He's got some scarring going on. Yeah, I don't really tell you what happened with that. Exactly. So he uh, chases her out onto the lake where she has fallen. Like, and then she falls through the ice and he shoots at the ice and pulls her out of the water. And then we cut to that's kind of falls in love with her, which is creepy, which is also weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say how old all these people are supposed to be. Cause apparently like Rami Malek's only like two or three years older than her, like the, the actress than Leah say do. So like, how old is yeah. he supposed to be versus her? That's, I don't know. It's one of my gripes. <laughs> but then again, like these Bond movies have always done that where it's like, how old is fucking anybody supposed to be? How old is James Bond supposed to be in this? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean like, gotta be like, yeah. I, well, I mean, they do like do a five year time jump from. But they also, but they go back and forth inside the series where he's like the fucking epitome of secret agent. And then the next movie, he's too old to be out in the field. And then the next movie, he's, he's the epitome. He's all fucking like fucked up and drunk and shit. Well, that's what I mean. But like, they keep know. doing this back and forth where yeah. like he shows up and is too old. And the next one, he's like the agent, like that everybody should fucking aspire to be. And then the next one, he's too old again. With it, well, we'll talk a lot about Batman tonight because these movies are basically just the Batman, like the Nolan Batman movies spread out over five movies as opposed to just three movies. So we'll talk about this because this is very much James Bond rises. You know what I mean? Like the G, the 007 rises in this movie is what this movie should be called. Because there's always a lot to Chris Nolan's third Batman movie uh, in terms of structure and stuff like that. At, le- at the very least, in terms of the structure of the story. But yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, the James Bond franchise is notorious for fucking ripping off from every other action franchise going and making it the slickest possible yeah, version of it because it's the James yeah. Bond. But like these movies are just like Batman movies with some Marvel shit thrown in like all the time. Now, and it's pretty crazy. And this one's just Dark Knight Rises with Metal Gear Solid because this fucking thing, the disease that the, the genetic oh, disease yeah. they have Apparently. is just is Fox die from Metal Gear Solid 1 from 1997. So like, yeah, I'm like sure there's something that predates a programmable that. nano weapon or whatever is not yeah. anything like super well, that's new. Not new. Yeah. Either way, it just didn't. I was like, wow, this. When I started really looking at it, these movies are just like <laughs> Batman movies, basically, which makes sense, I guess. Like Chris Nolan really always wanted to make James Bond movies and kind of made those Batman movies feel like James Bond movies. So like, it's all Ouroborosy at the end, but yeah. it's real noticeable when I'm watching these James Bond movies ten years after those Batman movies came out and they're like the same fucking movie. Either way. 
either way. So uh, we skip forward to after the capture of Blofeld. Madeline is in someplace with James Bond, Matera. Matera, it's Italy, southern Italy. In Italy, in southern Italy. Either way, a bunch of Spectre dudes show up and ambush Bond uh, while he visits. So they, yeah, they're on some trip away from MI6 and like Bond's not really working for anybody anymore. He's they, They're together and just kind of wandering, I guess. Yeah. And he gets taken someplace in the south of Italy, and she has the flashback to this scene that we told you about in the prologue of the movie. And then we have, there's a, who sings the song this time? Billie Eilish. Yeah, this one was pretty good. I didn't mind it. Well, that, was, you're missing you're missing Vesper's tomb. Like he goes well, to, uh, th- Is that before or after this, though? That's, like, that's before the credit sequence. Okay. Yeah. Okay, this is all pre-credit sequence? Okay, yeah. that's that's kind of where I was getting... Like, where did the credit sequence go? I thought it was after he was rescued after, her. After the Matera thing was... Yeah, uh, okay, fair enough. So either way, so he... Yeah, so part of their plan is to that he's going to go visit Vesper's tomb. And Vesper Lind was Eva Green in Casino Royale for anybody who's not up to date on, like, all these fucking Bond movies. Because there's now five of them or whatever. But I mean, there's 25 of them, but there's five of them that matter in the context yeah, of this one. in this continuity. <laughs> Yeah, so Vesperlin was Eva Green's character in the first one, Casino Royale, and he's going to visit her, her tomb to finally get over it. But in, as he's standing there and he says he misses her to the, the rock, he looks over and sees the little card that, of course, has the little specter octopus, which I fucking love when they use the little specter octopus. I love <laughs> it. And then a bomb goes off and Bond gets sent flying backwards, not killed, because you can't fucking kill James Bond, apparently, with anything no, short of you, nuclear strikes. Apparently, like damage his hearing because like having that thing go it came up, back like, I, I don't understand how his fucking eardrums were not 100 percent ruptured by that i do they forgot that this james bond's not fucking wolverine <laughs> literally this guy gets up like he's logan you know what i mean yeah. like he get, he gets the shit yeah, kicked out of him and gets up like he's got a healing factor and fucking metal bones like <laughs> they really they got to do a better job about making their bond a little bit more destructible and yeah. like actually feel it because like you go back to like the Indiana Jones movies and that's like, it's, so it's you want to talk about like, it's, it's yeah, bad it's, God it's bad God. Ability, right? Yeah. It really is. It's like, he takes a fucking shit kicking that like would put Wolverine down sometimes. And I'm like, what the fuck's yeah. happening here? He's supposed to be a normal dude. He was just a British Naval commander at one point, not a fucking weapon X mutant or, you know, a Kryptonian or Batman or whatever the fuck. Although they really want him to be Batman in these movies. So, well, you know, either way. So he gets hit with this bomb realizes that like somebody's betrayed them and they know like specters back and they're coming after them at this point. So Bond takes off and finds Madeline. There's a badass fucking chase. motorcycle chase and car chase and all kinds of craziness. Is, goes was, that on. The, was that the vintage Aston Martin that he won in Casino Royale in the poker game? Or was it a different vintage Aston Martin? It is. Uh, no, the one in obviously it would have been like retrofit because it had like, you know, like, I think this is the same one from Skyfall because it was it was right hand drive. And the one in Casino was left-hand drive. It was an American right, model, it was Because it was in Miami. Because yeah, it was... Sense. Well, not Miami. It was in Cuba or wherever the fuck that... That Haiti? Wherever that opening scene where they're... It's not you know in that? the States. It's not in the States because he goes back to the States to do the airport sequence. I just watched the movie oh, like right, yesterday. Right, right. Either way, like he's on an island somewhere or something like that. Because that's yeah. where that really hot uh, Middle Eastern lady yeah, is. Yeah, on the horse. Woo! That woman. <laughs> talk about the horse having the best time in like that entire movie <laughs> that horse have that horse having all the fucking fun in that movie where were, where were we i got distracted by that hot girl <laughs> which i mean in a bond movie is not good <laughs> yeah there's the whole uh the whole that whole car chase and then they're sitting in the in the 
in the square and oh and at some point in this he finds out that madeline is mr white's daughter mr white's daughter which i thought we knew already because i feel like i just watched specter and i thought like but but he knew he knew he knew inspector i just watched specter and i'm sure he knew yeah that's the whole fucking plot point it's that he he suspects that she's she's turned on. She's basically. turned on him. Yeah. Okay. Like she. I think that's what I was getting was that he was he thought she was actually working for Spectre still and had flipped it on him. Finally, or yeah. betrayed him for whatever reason. Like she betrayed him for some reason, whether it be like because she actually betrayed him or like because she was forced to buy Spectre for you know she they've got her daughter or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. He didn't yeah. know. Either way. He puts her on a bus or a train. Technically, puts her on a bus. He puts her on a train and sends her away after this awesome car chase. The action sequences in this movie are again they're James Bond level, like they're James Bond caliber. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, everything fucking best. looks yeah. awesome. Like the the Just car takes a shit kicking. Yeah. That fucking scene where that guy's shooting at the fucking windshield. Yeah, I was like, that is this intense. Like, and what he's the like fuck? using it to intimidate uh, Madeline into like yeah, giving up that she her. was the one that even though yeah. she, she wasn't the one that apparently. Well, they never really, like expressly say it but like it looks in the end like she was not the one that well no yeah i think they kind of say it by the end it was it wasn't her who betrayed him but either way like yeah that was that was intense like yeah that was dope i really enjoyed that shit so like you know like like the action sequences again like this movie these bond movies are just just, like him just shooting the same like spot in the bulletproof glass until it like almost collapses and shit yeah, yeah it was fucking dope either way so yeah he sends her off on a train and we have a five-year cut. I think, yeah, so this is where we get the opening yeah. song. So Yeah, this is where we get the Billie Eilish opening song. Which I liked. Yeah, it's I liked fine. it too. I thought it was good. I thought it it fit well because it was very much like clock and like hourglass themed. It was very much like time's running out for Bond. It's his last movie. Like it was fitting in that way. Yeah. Uh, maybe we we'll talk about it later, but I definitely want to talk about which, which of these, like the Craig era songs is your favorite. Because I have a favorite. For Skyfall? sure. Mm, no. Oh no! Yeah, you, you like the Soundgarden one. Yeah, the Cornell one. It's yeah. just Chris Cornell. But yeah, the, the Cornell one from Skyfall, Casino like Royale. The Adele Skyfall always gets stuck in my head. It gets stuck in my head, but I always feel like it sounds like a mishmash of a bunch of old Bond themes. Whereas the the Casino Royale theme sounds like a it sounds like a Chris Cornell song, like a rock song. But like I like yeah. it and it works for that movie really well. So I'm like, eh. The Skyfall one's more like generic Bond, awesome. But the Chris Cornell ones. Just fucking Chris Cornell. So eh. (laughs) either way, five years later, we meet MI6 scientist, some MI6 scientist, Avrachev, who is kidnapped from a MI6 laboratory by in a pretty cool breach sequence. I like it when they do cool breach sequences in these movies. Proved by M, Avrachev has developed Project Heracles, a bioweapon containing nanobots that infect like a virus upon touch. Approved by the new shitty M, not not the Helen Mirren M. Judy Dench. Judy Dench. Yeah. 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 I don't mind like Ray Fiennes. Is is it Ralph? Rafe? Rafe Fiennes? Rafe. Rafe. Yeah. Rafe Fiennes uh, is M. I don't mind. Whatever. He's kind of, he harkens back to the old guy, uh, the original M, like the James, uh, the Connery M. See the James Bond M. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The Connery M. The real one. You know what I mean? The guy who was actually M, not, yeah. In the James Bond movies, when they actually had James Bond, who was not Sean Connery. Sean Connery, never mind, I'm confused. (laughs) Now I'm confused. I don't know what's going on anymore. Either way, he's developed this super, uh, he's developed Fox Die, basically, for my Metal Gear people out there. Uh, And it's coded to an individual specific DNA, so it makes it lethal to just that person, but harmless to everybody else. 
Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's cool. It's not like, it's like the most sci-fi comic book thing they could possibly do in this. And it's right. I think they've done this before, actually. Like, I'm, is this not the plot to one of the, the Timothy Dalton ones? Oh, geez. I don't remember. It's been Either so way. Long since oh, you know what it is? I think it might be the plot to one of the Mission Impossibles, which is another problem these that's movies have. Is they just kind of like trade back and forth with yeah. J- Jason Bourne and Mission Impossible now. Like, they're all interchangeable at this point. It just depends on who the lead is. Okay, so we, we go back to Bond, and Bond has retired in back to Jamaica, which he always goes to Jamaica because that's where what's his name retired to? Ian Fleming retired to a place called mm-hmm. Goldeneye on in Jamaica. He had like okay. a family estate down there. So whenever Bond retires, yeah, he disappears to Jamaica. I just assume Bond's like super into the fucking ganj when he's off. And I guess with the <laughs> amount of fucking punishment he's taken over his years, he probably needs probably some like needs, yeah, the, needs it for the joint pain. Joint pain. <laughs> Yeah. The joint pain management. That's probably, I mean, that makes sense to me. So there you go. So he's contacted by CIA agents. We're back to Felix Leiter. It's always nice to see uh, Jeffrey Wright back in these movies. He hasn't shown up since it was Quantum of Solace last time he appeared in one of these uh, movies. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, no, it was. I, sorry. I, 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 wrote it, I wrote it in my notes. It was Quantum of Solace the last yeah, time. He, he wasn't up. in Skyfall because I just watched Skyfall. And yesterday. It's Quantum of Solace with uh, David Harbour's in there too with him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he the douchebag who's his boss, and then well, I mean, it's it's almost the same. His job. The same fucking setup happens here, where like the CIA douchebag that's working with Lighter ends up yeah, fucking Logan. everybody over. Yeah, like and it's uh, Logan Ash or whatever. Yeah. Well, at first I thought they were going to set up as like that's the that's the girl's daughter or that's the girl's father, and I was like just to because I was like no, they're, are they going to do this as Bond's daughter also? I'm like oh, well, I guess they did, mm-hmm. but either way, so we do get there eventually. But either way, so Lighter asks Bond for his help in tracking down that the Russian scientist that we were talking about, the MI6 scientist, Obrachev. But Bond declines. That same night, Bond has an encounter with Nomi, who is the new 007. And that's where, yeah, because he's he's coming out of the club and she picks him up on a scooter. Man, she's a good looking woman too. Like this, (laughs) I mean, it's a Bond movie, so like, what do you expect? But he got... She she straight up plays the fuck out of him. Like, Oh my god, yeah. She uses him like crazy. I was like, you should know better. Like, almost, you know what I mean? Like, I knew, because I mean, I know who this she was because I've seen knowledge. the fucking promo yeah. stuff. But I was still like, <laughs> uh, you know what's playbook. happening here. Yeah. yeah, like, this is your playbook. What the fuck are you doing? I mean, I would have gone with her too because, like, you gods, but either way, yeah. <laughs> they go and have a chat, I guess, where he's trying to. What, what so she tells here? him that she's look, uh, she's going after Oberchev and right. she, like, warns him not to. And, like, he gets all competitive and he's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to do it then. Right. Yeah. And because he's because Bond's a prick, like notoriously Bond is a fucking <laughs> asshole. So that's fine. So he goes to, back to Lighter and tells him that he'll go with him. Lighter sets him up to meet with a, another CIA agent named Paloma. And, and when Bond goes to Cuba and meets up with this person, it's Anna Darmus in half a dress. Holy and, shit. Half, oh, <sighs> half an amazing dress. <laughs> I always need you to cover this scene because I'm fucking hard right now, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's so fucking hot, dude. Like, I don't yeah, even know how to like smoking. Yeah. Unfucking believable. And I love you. I don't know if you're married or whatever, but like, I love you and <laughs> I will draw you all day, every day. If that's what you want, you're just blew my fucking. Also the best fucking chemistry with him and out of anybody in any of these movies in 30 seconds. Yeah. They're like, great. They're they so fucking great together. Yeah. I mean, this is again, because they were in knives out together. Like, what three months ago or some horse shit? I mean, not yeah, three months ago, but they were probably filmed like back to back or some. That's shit. what I mean. When this movie was made, they were like probably three months apart. So like all that chemistry comes back from that movie, and it's just yeah. like they're on fire together immediately. I was like, 
I think I love, I don't know which one of the two of them I'm more in love with at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who I, I just want to make out with both of them. I just want, Either I way, just want to watch them fuck. <laughs> yeah, can we watch them make out? That's the movie. <laughs> fuck, that's the movie I want to watch. There you go. I'll watch keep, that. Either way. fake that, please. <laughs> know what I'm doing tonight. I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> So either way, uh, so Anna Armas is allied with Lighter and Bond and her go and infiltrate a Spectre meeting, uh, which is like, this is the most like old school Bond thing like in this series so far, basically, is the Spectre party where all the villains are all together and they're all making fucking evil eye faces at James yeah. Bond, who has been invited and is like kind of surreptitiously got his way into this villain party none of them do anything to him though while this one dude is carrying Blofeld's fucking eye on a platter <laughs> while you can listen to Blofeld bloviate basically yeah. over the fucking loudspeakers he rambles to himself like a fucking lunatic when they yeah they don't know that he's actually able to see through the this yeah. cybernetic eye that belongs to one of his henchmen there's a yeah. lot like this feels like a fucking like 60s like <laughs> Bond movie in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of like goofy like, like like even harkening back more to like the pulp like the yeah. nature of the novels too. You know what I mean? Like it's real like flimsy weird like don't explain it. But there's a lot of weird sci-fi shit going on here like artificial eyes just out of nowhere and stuff yeah. like that. Like Marvel shit is suddenly <laughs> happening in the James Bond universe basically, which I guess makes sense. Cause we're almost at that point in real life where like real Marvel shit's probably gonna start happening. Like Iron Man suits and stuff yeah. Like we're getting there kind of thing. So that kind of, you know, either, whatever, either way. So he, he, finally dudes sweeping this eye across the crowd as Blofeld talks to everybody. And he finally kind of centers in on James Bond. Blofeld of course knew the entire time Bond would be there and has set up this Heracles to kill him except he's been double-crossed, maybe? We don't know, really. Do you ever really know in these movies who's been double-crossed? Because in the next movie, they're going to change this guy's motivation. But yeah, for now, everybody's been double-crossed, and Heracles has been flipped, so it doesn't kill Bond, but it kills all the Spectre agents who are in yeah. that room with him. So all of Spectre's top-level organization has now been fucking decapitated. Great shot, like just Bond in the middle with the he- with the spotlight on him is like all of the... All yeah, and then he gets spectators. sprayed in the face. <laughs> and he gets sprayed in the face. Yeah, yeah. there's a really like, good oh, shot where he gets fucked. fucking money yeah. shotted, basically. <laughs> exactly. And and when and then all the specter like dudes just yeah. fucking collapsing around him and dying. They do a lot of cool like. There's a lot of. I mean, these movies are always like meticulously shot, right? But like they do a lot of cool like fisheye kind of loop arounds him and stuff like yeah. that. There's a lot of really nice camera movements in this sequence, and even the cross cutting between Paloma or Anadarmus and James Bond kind of like interacting and cutting through the crowd, like talking on their radios. Like you would see them walking past each other in coordination and stuff. All yeah. beautifully, meticulously shot so that everybody looks fucking Locked. A, yeah. hot as all fuck and get out <laughs> and B, just like cool as shit, right? Like everybody's it's James Bond. Everything's got to look cool. Everybody's going to be sexy as all fuck. So that's where we're at. Except for now, where all these old motherfuckers are going to start coughing blood into the camera as they die <laughs> from this horrible fucking disease that they've gotten all of a sudden because of the nanobots we get into a huge fucking shootout where like we see that paloma has not only have three weeks of experience and may be fucking more badass than james bond is because she just fucking She's mutilates phenomenal, like yeah yeah just kills like 300 people like told, i was like she black widow like she they know, basically yeah. just made her black widow she's black widow she's awesome she kicked like, all kinds of ass all in like in heels in that fucking dress <sighs> <clears throat> Mark, Mark needs a minute, folks. 
that girl i'm telling you like ever since blade runner i've been like i'm yeah you know what i mean like kind of into it but like I'm married i just looked it up for you so she's divorced i know i looked it up too yeah yeah <laughs> it could happen it's not likely but it could happen. she's also age appropriate like she's in her 30s too it's not like i'm busting after some 20 20 year old or whatever so she looks like way younger than that but she's yeah she's uh 33 i mean she would have been like 30 probably when this fucking thing was filmed but I mean, it's it's those Latin jeans, those ladies. I mean, look how good Salma Hayek still looks. Like yeah, she's actually Cuban, shit. so it makes sense that she was in the Cuba sequence too. Well, that's I mean, yeah, that's true. <sighs> Sign me up. Sign me up. Anyway, I will take that. That is a sacrifice I'm willing to make for the betterment of mankind. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's good of you. You're so selfless, man. <laughs> I'm so selfless, right? In a darkest, yeah. It's rough. Where, where are we at? Because she basically uh, just tells him next time you come to town. Shows up. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. Nomi shows. Oh, that's right. Nomi shows up, and then like they start having kind of a back and forth where like she's trying to grab the scientist, and Bond's grabbing him back, and like they get back and forth, and like and the and the Heracles too, and the Heracles is also kind of involved in this because he's got a case right that has the the setup yeah. kind of thing. There's a the be, the best is the sequence where like Anadarmus Paloma drives the Cadillac right into the into fucking into a wall, yeah, and like it collapses, and like the dude falls on top of it, and like she gets out, and it's just like. She's so fucking cute she's in this whole so sequence. She's so excited too. about everything. She's having she's such a blast. There kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, like she's living for this shit. Yeah, she's having such a good time. Yeah, cast her as a new Black Widow or something. Just get her into. Just do yeah. all these movies with her. She looks. She's having way too much fun. Yeah, they finally escape and they've left the new 007 kind of in the dust, and she is pissed because of course she's going to be. She's being shown <laughs> up by the old prick again. So there's that. Oh, then we go to the boat. Right? They bring. They bring. Uh, Oberchev out to the boat with Lighter and Ash. Right. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Right. We leave Paloma behind. Sadly, leave yeah. Paloma behind after 30 seconds. She's not in this movie for very long. She's the bright, and shining. And that's that's where Bond tells, or she tells Bond to like come back and stay longer next time. And like, yeah. yes, please. <laughs> Hopefully the next Bond will be, uh, you know, age appropriate and go down there. Cause he's like, he looks like he's like 90 now. You know what I mean? Like he pushing 50. Is he pushing fifty? Yeah. yeah, he would have been like late late forties when he when this was filmed. I think he would have been like forty six, forty seven. In the last two, I was like, wow, he got real old after like <laughs> between uh, Skyfall and Spectre. Like yeah. after that, that, I'm like, British Whoa. man, like aging scenario, right? He's like good, 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 good. Oh, you look like a fucking like leather catcher's mitt now. Yeah, he's still like he's still <laughs> tall and in shape and stuff. Like, but the face just like yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, totally different between those two movies. But it's it crazy. works because like he looks like he's taken you know a million fucking punches, kind of thing, right? It also looks like he drinks himself to fucking sleep every night. You know, yeah. he's got those slack bags under the eyes. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I can relate. I've been there. Which We've he all been there. Does in uh, in Jamaica. <laughs> to be fair, he's James Bond. That's he totally fucking does all the time. It's in the books. You know what I mean? Yeah. His blood. He doesn't have a blood level. You know what I mean? Like he's got a fucking alcohol level. It may have some blood in it. Basically, <laughs> is how the original character was written. So. Not long for this world. I don't think the James Bond character was meant to be. <laughs> Either way, so we yeah we're on the boat and this scumbag Ash guy uh, who's of course you knew he was a scumbag from the the um, minute oh, he yeah. shows up on camera because he's that double talk American spy like the two clean cut spy guy so he's immediately mm-hmm. going to be the fucking double agent and of course he is working for Safin so he kills Lighter and escapes with Abushev. Bond tries to save Lighter and, and in a very similar to how Vesper dies drowning kind yeah. of thing has to leave uh lighter behind. So now lighter we've kind of too, like doubly fucked. Like, yeah. Lighter shot. shot in the gut. Yeah. He's shot in the gut and stuff like that. And so bond finally gets out money, Penny. We kind of cut back to like the UK and money, Penny and Q 
our uh, range of meeting between Bond and Blofeld in prison, I guess, at this point. So they can try and help him locate where Obrachev was taken. Safin visits and coerces Madeline to infect herself with a nanobot dose to kill Blofeld. Yeah, so, well, yeah, so well, there, there's the scene where uh, Safin shows up in Madel- as, like, a new patient of Madeline's. Because uh, Madeline's a, a psychiatrist, a, a, yeah. Psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever. And, uh, yeah, and then he... She doesn't know that it's him because she hasn't seen him without the mask, but then he gives her a box that has the mask in it after like a really fucking tense, like back and forth scene. He's so creepy. Two. Yeah, he's super fucking. He's really, I like, see, Remy Malik's fucking good. Like, have he's you watched uh, Mr. Robot? Not yet. It's on my list. It's been on my list for a while. I want to. I got to get through, I got to get past season three. I got like, I started watching season three and just kind of like lost interest, but the first two seasons were just like, he's so good in it, first of all. But the first two seasons are so interesting, like just so much, like in, like just really good, like kind of modern spy kind of TV stuff. It's very technology focused, right? Like it's all internet stuff. It's I I love Mister Robot, and he's great in it, and he's good in this. I think I wish they gave him more to do. I yeah. guess, like I think yeah, I, that's that's one of my big gripes with it is is his character is not like sort of fully fleshed out, and there's some big fucking holes in like yeah. his motivation and his like kind of how he developed his organization and stuff. Him in the new t- in the new 007, I feel like they needed to spend like for a movie that's almost three hours long. It, like they, it's almost like those two characters both needed ten minutes each. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I and mean, we'll get to that, I guess, when we get to the kind of griping about it because it feels like for a very long movie, there's a bunch of characters that are very underserved. Yeah, I think this could have been like maybe broken up into two movies, like they did sort mm-hmm. of with Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, and then yep. like add another like twenty minutes to each one or something like that to flesh out a couple of the other characters, kind of thing. Like, yeah, just give us like a double shot, like big two movie, like even release them like six months apart or something like that, because you've already filmed everything. Yeah. Like don't like you know don't do like one one year and one the next or something. Yeah. Oh no, I totally agree. Because like yeah, I, I I like Rami Malek enough that I probably would have sat with his villain character a little For bit sure. more. And they, they kind of don't. And I think it's the detriment of the movie. So, yeah. So we, we go now we go to the prison where uh, Blofeld is being kept. Bond shows up at the same time and like runs into Madeleine and they kind of have to go into Blofeld's prison cell together. He touches her. So this we have to make sure there's a chain of events that kind of make sure the flow happens, yeah, Saf- right? So Safin gave her like the nanobots that would kill yeah. Blofeld, and she like sprayed them on her arm, like kind of as like made it look like a perfume kind of like thing. a perfume kind of thing, yeah. And then she touches Bond. No, it's he grabs her, isn't it? He grabs like yeah, he grabs her as she's leaving the room because she had second thoughts. Is like I yeah. can't do this, and then he like grabs her wrist and she leaves without telling him that she just. Or he just contaminated himself with the nanobots that are going to kill Blofeld. Yeah, and he doesn't know that. So he and Blofeld start having dialogue back and forth. I don't really remember the dialogue. It's mostly just like, it's kind of Silence of the Lambsy, like... Yeah, arch-villainy kind of... Arch, arch-villain speech bullshit, either way. Um, trapped arch-villain speech bullshit also. Until the point where Bond snaps and like grabs him by the neck. And gets kind of doesn't get hauled off, but like lets him go because everybody's freaking the fuck out. Because in the most like in the Dark Knight sequence, basically Jim Gordon walks in while Batman's punching the fucking Joker in the face. Kind of, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we're going back to those movies, which they do a lot. It's basically that scene again. Bond takes off, and as he's chatting with, I can't remember the guy's name. It's this, the bald dude who's in every one of these movies. Oh, Tanner. Yeah, t- yeah, him. Uh, they turn around to realize the Blofeld has fucking died because he bond has been infected by Safin, and he in turn gave the things that are targeted to Blofeld, the nanobots, Heracles nanobots are targeted to Blofeld and 
they he got into Blofeld, and Blofeld is now dead. Which was exactly uh, well, Savin's the plan. plan because have we figured out? Have they told us at this point like what Savin Safin's motivation is? Like that uh, he doesn't say that until like we get to the fucking island, right? Right. Well, no, we we find out about it. Oh no, we find out about when uh, Bond goes to Norway, which is pretty soon to meet up with Madeline at her, which I think is like right after this. Yeah, it's it's this next scene, right? So like. Yes, because she takes off after this happens, right? Like, she's all distraught and, like, takes off. And he tracks her down back to her childhood home in Norway. And this oh, is where, like... Sorry, just to skip that. We remember we were talking about, like, how Bond finds out that it wasn't Madeline that, that betrayed him. Blofeld tells Bond that's it, yeah. that, that he was the one that arranged for the bomb at, uh, at Vesper's tomb. Yeah, there is that, too interesting that Blofeld would do anything to alleviate any of Bond's stress, even like coming up to the end. I think he just wanted, like, it's one of those, like, I wanted you to know it was me kind of situations. Especially this, like, shitty, like, half-brother version of Blofeld. I always find when they start doing that attach him to your backstory kind of stuff, I'm like, why? Just make him a prick that hates him. Because he's fucked with him a couple times, you know what I mean? Like, he's gotten in his way a couple times, so now the guy's just obsessed with him. He's a psychopath. These things happen. Just let him be a supervillain. Doesn't have to be his fucking brother, you know what I mean? It's like making the Joker the dude who killed Batman's parents. Why? What difference does it fucking make? It doesn't. It makes no fucking difference to the story whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, either way. Not necessary. Yeah, unnecessary. Unnecessary arc welding. So it should be like we do when we do the... What was that episode we did where we like tropes we hate? There you yeah. go. <laughs> unnecessary. Tropes, unnecessary. Uh, plot arc welding. Yeah, unnecessary bullshittery added to the fucking plot for no reason. Either way... So Bond tracks Madeline down to her, the home, that, actually the home from the flashback, basically, right? It's the same house, just in the spring. So everything's nice and picturesque. At this point, we meet Madeline's five-year-old daughter, uh, Mathilde, who she claims is not his, but has his extravagantly blue and very After Effects keyed eyes, because uh, they both have <laughs> they have a filter on both their eyes throughout the rest of the movie <laughs> to make sure you can tell that they have the same fucking shade of blue eyes. Yeah. Madeline confesses to Bond that Safin's parents were murdered by Mr. White, so Madeline's father, on Blofeld's orders when Safin was a boy, prompting him to seek revenge on Blofeld Inspector. So this is where we find out, obviously, this is Safin's uh, motivation. Yeah, that's why he wanted to take down Spectre and Blofeld, was because they had all, and had killed uh, Madeline's parents. Maybe show me this. I think that would have helped this. You know what I mean? Like, show me the flashback of this stuff. I think would have helped kind of expand this for me a little bit more. But I don't know. It's a Bond. They don't, Bond does, well, Bond movies don't do flashbacks about other characters. You know what I mean? It's always like, if it's not focused on Bond. Oh, it's like super plot referential. Yeah. 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 Unless it's super plot intense. Like, usually it's always like, it has to be Bond doing the flashback kind of thing because everything's focused on that one character. Mm -hmm. Although they get away from that a little bit more in these movies than they did like in the old rules bond movies you know what i mean like the the classic pre fucking daniel craig movies i guess like yeah like the old continuity or whatever is that what it is i guess technically it's just the old continuity now yeah uh anyway then we get saffin's so that's that's saffin's motivation and then oh because uh nomi's been tracking logan ash and then they find out that logan ash is on his way to where bond is in norway with madeline yeah yeah, and then despite having killed Blofeld at this point and destroying Spectre technically, um, Safin decides that he's still going to just, like, he's going to kill everybody at this point. He's like, fuck yeah. it. On the side time, let's take everybody out. We're doing a level two apocalypse on the scale, <laughs> and we're just going to wipe out most of the people on the planet. So they show up 
to Norway to capture Bond, Madeleine, and Mathilde. Bond, in a shocking lack of product placement, drives a 2014 Toyota Land Explorer or some <laughs> shit like that. Well, it's, it's Madeline's car, right? I think. Yeah, it's just it's funny because usually like Madeline's even like, like shitty SUV. <laughs> Yeah, it's like her like ten year old fucking Toyota SUV, and they're all like, I mean, they're surrounded by beautiful like twenty twenty one Range Rovers Jeeps and stuff and like Range that Rovers, yeah. that the villains are driving. But like Bond's driving away, and like you know your uncle's fucking the, the, shitty the mom mobile kind of thing. Right? Yeah, basically, and it fucking outperforms all these other high fucking you know like high end yeah. off road vehicles and all this other shit. I don't know, it just fucking made me laugh because it's kind of like the beginning of Casino Royale where he's driving to the first he drives up in a Ford he's driving like a Ford Focus and it's like this is the least James Bond feeling thing like ever is James Bond driving a Ford Focus and then by 40 minutes in he's got the fucking Aston Martin (laughs) yeah and now we're back to that though it's like an hour into this movie or an hour and a bit into this movie he's driving around in a fucking like 10 year old Toyota piece of shit shitty family family SUV SUV yeah so I don't know either way so Bond manages to kill Ash and several of Safin's men, but Safin successfully captures Madeline and Mathilde and takes them to this island. He's super creepy with them at this point. Yeah. And they get to do the tour. I like, as an old school Bond fan, the amount of Dr. No porn that they did for the <laughs> set, like of this final like island thing. It is so on the nose, the Dr. No sets, just like with a 2021 coat of paint. Yeah. But I'm fucking there for it. Like, it looks awesome. Very happy that they kind of homage. There's a lot of homaging to the old Bond stuff in this, obviously, oh, 25 yeah. Yeah. movies in, like, all that kind of stuff. Jesus Christ, we must be coming close to 60 years because it was 50 years. When, was it Skyfall was the 50-year anniversary? Uh, I think and so, it's yeah. been like it's been six years from now. So they got four years to figure out what Sky, they're going to do. Skyfall was, Skyfall was, was 2012. Yeah. Spectre oh. was 2015. Was, which one was the 50th anniversary then? I think it Maybe was Skyfall. Is this 60 then? Are they at 60 now? That would be next year. Yeah. Oh, next year? Huh. Man, they should have just held this fucking movie for another couple months and just done it in January. <laughs> Called it the fucking 50th anniversary or whatever. Yeah. By Daniel Craig, 60 years. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. Maybe it was Spectre was the 50th anniversary. I don't know. I, I just I, I just watched both of them today. So like they're kind of muddled in my brain a little bit. So I'm kind of, I just, I don't remember what the, there was a 50 in one of them though. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder where they're at in terms of this. Q, Bond, and Nomi locate Safin in a second world war base on an island between Japan and Russia. Just leaning on those Dr. No buttons. You know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> hello. Anyway, they infiltrate Safin's headquarters and learn that he has been converting the base into a nanobot factory where Obruchev is mass producing the technology, like the Heracles technology, so Safin can unleash it on a global scale and kill mil- billions, I guess. Yeah, kill millions of people and, you know, establish the, the Wikipedia article says New World Order, but like, so I guess that's what we're going I mean, for. It was basically a Thanos plot, pretty much. <laughs> it's it's also kind of the plot. It's like the plot. It's also, that, they never really, they're never really clear about what it actually is. He want, Like, why he actually wants to kill so many people. Yeah, that's what I don't understand is like, he, he kind of has this speech about like him being like, like restoring order or something like that, but it's just real vague. It turns into like real, this is my problem with this character is like, it turns into like generic James Bond, supervillain shit yeah. real fast. By, like by the third act. Yeah. Once the initial like kind of motivation is finished, like he destroys Spectre and stuff. He's still like, wow, well, you know what? I've got a, a weapon that can kill the world. So I may as well fucking pull the trigger what? on that. <laughs> yeah. I may as well see what happens, I guess just for fun. <laughs> yeah. So either way, they infiltrate Safin's headquarters 
Oh my god, what is going on? Bond kills many of Safin's men, uh, while Nomi kills Obuchev. Because so yeah, Bond and 007 or the whatever, you know what I mean? The new well, girl, by this Nomi. Point, by, uh, no, by this point, yeah, she's they flipped it. 007 back to Bond. So yeah, she, they flipped she's it. Double O nothing right now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she's returned the double O designation back to James. So he's James Bond 007 so that he can basically die. Well, spoilers, <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> So yeah, Nomi kills Obrachev, um by pushing him into the nanobot vat, and they like disintegrate in the nanobot vat, so yeah. that's pretty cool. So Bond rescues Madeleine and Mathilde in a well, after there's very... that whole after there's that whole like office. Oh, there's that creepy sequence. sequence in uh Jared Leto's office from Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Just just differently lit, <laughs> just with yeah. the lighting. It fucking really is too, yeah. <laughs> there's also a scene where like uh Safin has separated Mathilde and Madeleine. So Madeleine's been kind of Giving up to some mooks oh, um, yeah. and and to have some tea Saffin, that has Saffin special. Takes, yeah, Safin takes uh, Matilda to the garden and everything. Yeah. yeah, and they show them the special tea that they're going to take. And eventually, like as like the attack is happening, Safin takes Matilda out, but like she decides she doesn't want to go with him. So he's like, "You can either be protected by me, or you, you're on your own." And she's like, "I'll just go." And she takes off to go find her mother, and he and just Saffin lets her just go. fucking lets her go. Yeah, which is which I thought stupid. was really fucking weird, but anyway, yeah. like this is the only leverage you have left over Bond at this point. And you're just like, "Bye." <laughs> well, they have that cool scene where like they're talking, and like Safin kind of gives Bond like his spiel, like where they're sitting across yeah, from yeah. each other, kind of in a very Doctor Noe scene that scene's kind of basically the same as in Dr. No, but either way. And Bond, yeah, Bond, he's got his PPK on him and he takes a shot and he misses, and da, 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 but he kills all the dudes around him because that's one thing Bond's really good at. He goes through his dudes. trap door in the ground. Yeah, he's got a, he just happens to be sitting on a trap door with the kid and then like blah, blah, blah. At this point, Bond gets up and fucking walks outside this door, goes through two fucking other doors, and then he's like, oh shit, there's Madeleine just, just showed up here looking all, like I said, too hot, you know, whatever. Um, she's just there, and that's fine now because she's because she's clever too. She's escaped also, right? Like she got away from her the the dumb fuck who was watching her or whatever. Because yeah. he's yeah, an she idiot. Threw the, also. She threw threw the tea in his face. That's right. Yeah, she threw the tea in his face. It's silly, just dumb fuck that guy was. Like he deserved it. So <laughs> it was the guy with the bionic guy, I think, wasn't? It? Yeah, it was the original guy with the bionic. Notice how all the bad guys in this sequence of movies too have had that weird bowl cut thing going on. <laughs> that like the the high. The, it's the fucking the high bang uh, bowl cut white supremacist the fucking it's like the it's almost haircut. like it's like a bad mo haircut you know what i mean from the three stooges <laughs> or whatever it's really weird they all have it it's like it's been in a couple of these movies yeah so she gets away from him and they she meets james bond and they're trying to get back and they've decided like the only way for them to nuke the fucking island is if bond goes and opens these doors and then they just randomly walk into matilde yeah great no no it, they made it a thing because she uh matilda was hiding because that's what uh Madeline yeah. had told her to do oh that's right she yes, got in yes, trouble yes. and so they they actually walk past her and then uh matilda sees him and calls out he's like i was yeah. hiding like you told me and it's like you yeah know, nice little call back. still just kind of walked into each other convenient yeah <laughs> In this huge island facility, they all just kind of walk into each other eventually. You know what I mean? Like, everything's yeah. fine. They all, it's fine. Nobody gets lost in a giant former nuclear test facility. Yeah, exactly. It's just, they find know, it's, everybody. It's, it's, it's very, uh, has a very intuitive layout, let's say. Yeah. Open, open air so you can see everything open too. Yeah. Open <laughs> concepts. So it's very visible. Yep. Everything. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a little ridiculous, but you know, James Bond movie, what are you going to do? The end of this is very convoluted, so you have to kind of bear with me. Yeah. Because the James Bond movie, there's tons of shit happening all at the same time. Something goes and starts the doors closing again so he can protect the Heracles. Well, like, 
have we even gotten to the point where James? Because like, so no, so James takes his family, and they're his family now. Like we know it's his daughter, and that's his, like that's the lady he's sleeping with, and that's the lady, that's the baby, the, the baby they had, that's the baby they had, and that's the baby mama. So there, there's that happening, and they run into Nomi, and Nomi puts them on a boat. So like the old 007, the new 007, the lady yeah. 007, gets them on a boat and takes them so that James can go and open the doors because Q has told him that they won't actually be able to get rid of the Heracles if the blast doors are closed yeah, when the nukes hit. Like an old abandoned miss- like World War missile silo. Yeah. So Bond's like, well, I'll go do that and leave my wife to die. Or I'll go die instead of my wife. I don't know. It's dumb. He goes to find the blast doors, gets them open with like no problem while Q's, you know, explaining to him all the steps he's got to take. And then he walks out and as he's walking through the garden that we walked through with Mathilde and Safin earlier, Safin shoots James Bond. <laughs> and they get into a, like a fight. And we see the doors start to close. Oh, that's what happens. Shoots him a bunch of times. <laughs> the doors start to close and Bond like realizes he has to go back and then he gets shot a bunch of times and then they have a fight. And then super anticlimactically at the end of it, Bond just fucking execution style shoots him twice in the head. And that's After the end just of that. Like, like brute force snapping his forearm. Yeah. Yeah. He fucking cut like breaks his elbow in half or whatever. I kind of like, like I, I like it when, you know, the the big like villain fights are not like every fucking Bond villain is like not a you know, master hand-to-hand combatant kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't have all of them be like that, right? I guess, but, like, they haven't really had him have anybody to have a fight with so far in these movies. He gets tortured by the shift yeah, and doesn't really have a real fight. It's like a group of guys at the end of Casino Royale. With with, uh, Silva uh, in in, in, uh, Spectre, or not in Spectre, in Skyfall, because because Silva's an old MI6 agent. Yeah, the funniest ones where he gets in a fight with Dominic Green in this in Quantum Solace, who's that mousy looking motherfucker, that rat looking yeah. motherfucker, yeah. and he just beats the shit just, out of this tiny so little amazing. man, yeah. just fucking ruins him. And I'm like, why is this even in this movie? Because yeah. like this fight should last 14 seconds. This guy's like a shitty piece of shit kind of guy. And Bond would break him in his own foot. Yeah, he cuts his own foot. That like that shot always gets me. I'm like, oh, oh why is Bond even doing this? Yeah. Why is Bond even fighting this putz? Like, it's not even <laughs> po- like there's no yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then Safin's not, but he doesn't get into like a huge fight with Safin. He just kind of sh- he stabs him in the back, basically. That's how that ends. Yeah. Like, like I literally said, I just watched all of these, and then the last one's Blofeld, like Inspector, and like that's just the heli- like he shoots the helicopter while they're driving away. There's not really like a big physical confrontation. This James Bond hasn't had like a full on brawl with somebody like. Well, he, he does have them with like the like the dragon. Yeah, or like the yeah the the like second cut you know like yeah. there's always the mercenary like the lead mercenary guy that's like the stunt dude that's not an actor that he always oh. ends up having like a big fight with. Yeah, and that's like they had that inspector they had Batista. In. Either way, yeah. So they usually don't. He has this. Yeah, unlike the all his antecedent like franchise leads. You know what I mean? Like the Captain Americas and uh, Jason Bournes and all those guys who definitely always have a fight with one dude at the end where they beat the ever loving shit out of that one person. Yeah. The James Bond hasn't really had that in the last bunch of movies, but either way, but either way he takes Safin out real fucking easy and shoots him twice. And then he goes and opens the silos. And then on the radio, he's talking to Madeleine and uh, he tells her he loves her and encourages her to move on without him. And she confirms that Matilda's his daughter, even though Bond is like fucking gives her the gives her the the Han Solo answer, like the I know, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's pretty obvious from the eyes that she has <laughs> my eyes, my like nuclear fucking blue eyes, basically. Yeah. This is where I had a note: those uh, No Time to Die, featuring so much of Leia Sadu's snot. 
uh i mean no time to die except there's like fucking two and a half hours worth of time to die in this goddamn movie (laughs) so like there's that too we literally watched the bombs hit and obliterate james bond in this movie they have killed 007 james bond he is dead now they can make him whatever color they want if they want i don't know what the point of all this is but james bond is dead this version of james bond bye-bye yes daniel craig is not getting pieced or yeah this version of james bond is not getting pieced back together from Tiny little bits and pieces. They're not. To, they're not going to get to steal another much. Captain America plot point and pull him out of the frozen ocean. Basically, <laughs> is what we're trying to get at. Yeah. Um, because I could totally see them doing something very similar to that, where he just gets pulled out of the water, and they're like, "He's fine. He was cryogenically preserved in the water." Just like he just looks wait, different now. <laughs> wait, that's just Captain America. Did they just fucking pull Captain America <laughs> to save James Bond? Is that what they did? Oh, you cheap fuckers! Oh, <laughs> that would gall me to no end. But they would do it. Oh, because I have a list. We're going to talk about it when we get into the rest of this. <laughs> Either way, James Bond, yes, James Bond is dead. We go cut back to MI6, where M, Money Penny, Q, Tanner, and Nomi are having a drink in Bond's honor. Madeline takes Mathilde to Matera and tells her about a man named Bond, James Bond, and the fanfare plays, and we cut to credits. Yeah. The- Although we cut to credits that don't have an after credit scene, but definitely have the iconic James Bond James will return Bond credit. Yeah. So there we go. That's it. That's, that's, that's it for Daniel Craig. Yeah. Top, top level thoughts overall. I really enjoyed it. It felt very, very much like an appropriate sort of Daniel Ma for Daniel Craig's bond. Solid story for the most part. It had fucking fantastic action. Oof. It was very emotional, like definitely the most emotional bond movie that I've ever seen. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, I've seen them all at one point or another. And it just, it felt very much full circle. Cause I mean, this is the first bond where there has been like a sort of overarching plot between the movies kind of thing. Right. Like every other yep. one was just standalone, standalone, standalone. Like if you're lucky, you got like the same support team, like the same M from one movie to the next kind of thing. But fucking even that was lucky. Fucking... If you get the same bond half the time too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like even that wasn't certain. Right. So, but in yeah. here, like they definitely, they pulled in threads from, all four of the other Daniel Craig uh, movies to kind of make this all, you know, in a couple places, maybe it felt forced, but for the most part, I was okay with it. Cause I liked, you know, just having all of that backstory come to bear here and like him dealing with so much of the trauma that he's gone through in the last uh, four movies in this and, you know, kind of meets a, I thought pretty fitting end in the end of it, all of it. I think my main takeaway is like, I wish these weren't so far apart and as disjointed as they are as a result of that kind of temporal distance, I think in production, mm-hmm. because I think if they had like, again, starting with a plan, you know what I mean? As opposed to the, the kind of loose plan they seem to have had, I think they could have done this a little bit more effectively as it stands. This is like, this is the middle of the road of his movies kind of like movie for me. It's a little too long. It's it does hit a lot of the same notes that the last, especially the last two Skyfall and Spectre, like it kind of wanders the same ground again in different ways. But like it's still kind of like hitting the same kind of points. And it like because yeah, we're back to like Bond is a dinosaur and this, that and the other thing is MI6 and all this kind of spy shit necessary. And the answer is always going to be yes, because they're always going to be making James Bond movies. But did I enjoy myself? Was it worth it? Yeah, absolutely. The movie came out a year ago when like, I was still <laughs> excited for it, and it wasn't like uh, post-COVID kind of weird. Like This movie feels like the last movie that was made in the old world now. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> It feels like a time capsule to like the before times or whatever. So like 
I mean, that's it's, a it's thing like too. The, uh, the New Mutants movie, like that was like the last yeah. gasp of the fucking Fox X Men shit. Yeah, and even like with, with killing this, like killing this Bond, it even feels like kind of the last gasp of like the classic Bond franchise. Because like I don't know where they go from here in terms of like, do you do a modern spy franchise? Why? I, There's already sixty eight of them. Like you already yeah. have Mission Impossible and. We're gonna have a new Wolverine soon. That's probably gonna be way more I mean, Bondy than we the, probably want him to be. The and like, Bond we movies have in particular have like their own charm to them, like all the MI6 True. backdrop and all that, and M and Q and and Money Penny and all that. Like I, at this point, I would totally watch movies with with Nomi with the new 007. Like I would watch a series of like two or three movies at least with Lashana Lynch if they wanted to like give the James Bond character just a break for a while. Totally, like you know, still do MI6, like maybe even still do like Ray Fines and the same, uh, the same Q and everybody. And I don't know if I would honestly. Part of the appeal, like I mean, part of the appeal is just like I've been watching James Bond shit since I was a kid, right? Like it's it's like a franchise that I've just followed for so long now that it's kind of become a default thing yeah. for me. Like I, we start moving it because once you move it away from like that guy, then it's it's it could be almost anything. Like there's so many of these spy things. Although like the English kind of. Uh, flavor to it's always nice like mm. i don't disagree with that but at the same time just i don't know i'm not poo-pooing it i'm just i don't i'm just saying i don't know if that would fly broadly you know what i mean yeah. like, i don't know if everybody'd be in for it but it's like i probably would go just to go it'd be the sort of thing that would open it up to a to a broader audience or, or a different audience at least but i think the difference would be like the bond movie specifically right is an event whereas that would just be another movie Right, like they wouldn't be able to turn it into the the, the event that a Bond movie is now. You, I mean, if you can still say like it's a 007 it. movie kind of thing, right? Like, yeah, I guess, I guess like, you have to be like, is it the 007 verse? Like, is that a thing we're doing now? Like, does, yeah. here's my question: Does James Bond need a cinematic universe? I don't necessarily think he does. I mean, you could absolutely do it, probably, but I don't know. It's just one of those. Things I mean, too. there there is one at this point. Whether we want, yeah. like you know, we like said we've had a series of movies now that have like large continuity between them for five fucking movies, where we've got yeah. these characters and like it's you know it's not like they just fucking replaced M. Like you know, M dying was a whole fucking storyline unto itself, kind yep. of thing. You know, it wasn't just like it's a different M. This movie just fucking accept it, kind of thing, right? Yeah. So well, like, I, mean, I, I think the, way I think the audience these days expect more of that, especially now that we have had like nine fucking Star Wars movies and like, uh, you know, fucking 20 something uh, Marvel movies and shit like that, as people are expecting, like, you know, these longer overarching epics or whatever. Yeah. And that's kind of what they were doing with these movies, too, to a certain extent, just with like a lot of like false starts and shit in the, in the middle of it. I mean, MGM yeah. having its financial problems probably didn't help like these guys tell a more cohesive story like they probably wanted to and stuff but you know yeah, yeah i don't know like where do you want to where do you want to go can we start with the song do you really like fucking skyfall more than you like the chris cornell song <laughs> is our friendship really that over at this point <laughs> i don't have the the same like i like chris cornell fine but yeah, i don't have the same enough. like attachment to Affinity. it you do. Yeah, um, yeah but like just you know in terms of like an iconic like bond song skyfall like yeah. it's that skyfall is just the one that resonates with me the most I do like Adele's voice. I've always liked Adele's voice. I just, yeah. I'm so fond of, I, I think that the Cornell, I, I like the Cornell opening one, one and the, just the, cause I feel like it fits the, it fits the tone of that bond, especially too. You know what I mean? That like kind of edgier, like, and also a little bit like he's very much the, like, he's kind of like, he is very much like the late nineties bond though. You know what I mean? Even though the, the movie came out in 2006 or whatever, like he's very much like the, 
like the modern man bond you know what i mean like he's a little bit more thoughtful he's like the grunge version of bond he's kind of pensive and like he he's grouchy and shit you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i don't know versus like especially like the older guys who are like this bond is never as whimsical as like roger moore or even sean connery for that matter at his most whimsical you know what i mean like this bond never has that like soft edge to him very much like it's always like not yeah not till the end right always serious yeah so i don't know but I mean, like overall, I like this movie. Like, I'm—I mean, we've gone way all over the fucking place at this point since we started talking about this. But like, I mean, in terms of the movie itself, like, I liked it. It's too long. Again, all all of these movies, like when I'm looking at the links of them, they have been getting ex- like longer and longer, longer as the series yeah. has gone on. I, I think I probably said Spectre was too long too when it came out because that definitely was fucking too long. That one's way. Yeah, Spectre's two and a half hours. This is like two forty. I yeah, I didn't have that issue with that. I was I never really felt like it was moving like. Like it was dragging necessarily. Like there was definitely some parts of it that were slower, but I never felt like they were too slow or whatever. Like I like you know the stuff in Norway with Madeline and Matilda and stuff like that. I was I was okay with all of that sort of as a break. Like yeah, there wasn't any point where I was just like oh god, this thing's fucking gone too long. For me, it's post Cuba and then up till kind of like where they get to the island. There's I would have probably done a little bit more. I would have been a little bit more generous of my choppy chop in that area, like yeah. editing that down to a little bit like a finer point in there. Cause I feel like if you shave 10 minutes off this and get it back to the same length as Spectre, it probably doesn't feel like that little bit of a lag that I feel in that section is gone. Yeah. And we're just right into the action and we're killing James Bond. Maybe like the, the off-road chase scene in Norway, like the, the I think mm-hmm. that maybe went on a little longer than it needed to. I, I like that sequence because I like it was mm-hmm. something kind of new and unique. Like we hadn't really seen that off-roady, like in the woods kind of chase in uh, any of the Daniel Craig movies yet. But yeah, I think maybe that that might be the one sequence that I could agree is is overstays its welcome a bit. Yeah. I don't think any of like the the dramatic scenes, I think all of those are, are needed and placed. I think it's maybe just a couple of the action sequences that are a little overstuffed. Well, I think it's interesting. Cause it's like I, my, one of my big problems with the movie um, that we can, well, I guess we'll talk about as we get into gripes and stuff later, but like they don't spend enough time with 007, the new 007, like Nomi, and they yeah. don't spend enough time with Safin. And I feel like to get that time back, like, I don't think you necessarily need Nomi. I think, especially because of what they set up in Spectre. I think if you had put money penny in that spot, you don't have to do any of this character development for a new character. She's already an active field, like a field agent you can use. It's Was not money adding penny an, an agent again. in, in I, I thought in, in Skyfall, she were, she, she said she wanted to go back to, okay. She volunteers to go to stay on desk duty at the end of Skyfall. Okay. I was, yeah. I was, my head was just like, just give her the 007 shot. And we don't have to, it's just to like not add another character to a very, very stuffed movie that we're already not spending enough time with this new character, right? Like, that's the problem I have with the Nomi character. Is it, like, awesome, hot black lady 007? (laughs) Fucking dope as shit. But, like, I don't have any idea what she's about because they spend 32 seconds with her. The only thing we get is the two of them, like, butting heads, really, right? That's the only real character stuff we get. That's what makes me think that they are planning to do something with that character, something more with that character is that they did put her in here and she's not necessarily is that there she's not necessarily needed is, yeah. you know, I, cause I agree. Like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to introduce a new character, uh, you know, in, in sort of the 11th hour of this, this bond, right. Unless yeah. you're planning to, you know, spend like just introduce them here and like sort of wet people's whist- whistles with them and then bring them back. I, I have expected 
double. I, I half expected that to say double, double seven will return. Yeah, and that's what I was expecting too. Actually, see, my problem is they they tried this once already. Remember Holly Berry in Die Another Day? Was it Die Another Day? Yeah, which yeah, the one, her, the last Pierce Brosnan one. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing. They introduced the black secret agent, like the black lady secret agent. She was supposed to be a spinoff. Like that was mm-hmm. supposed to be a spinoff, and that movie bombed. I'm not saying that's the same thing. They they've done this before. Where we're like, we're gonna have a black lady secret agent. So that everybody will shut up about white James Bond, and then they just never do it. And yeah. it's like, well, do it then, because like I would have, I would have gone out and watched sexy Hall- Halle Berry f- doing spy shit, and I would watch, you know, this one too. But and then the comments, do it. The, the comments Daniel Craig made recently uh, when he was asked about like, do you think it's time for like a black or female James Bond or something like that? And he said like, no, let them have their own thing. That also really makes me think that he's in on something and knows that they're probably going to try and introduce or do something, do like a spinoff movie with Nomi. I mean, that would make sense more than anything else, considering like the way this movie went. Cause like she's, she's in this to the point. It's almost like the Spider-Man cameo in civil war. There's just enough to be like, Oh, that's cool. Like, that's interesting. Is that another new character? Yeah. And then gone, right? Like just yeah. not really around enough and doesn't do a ton. It's just, I don't know. I, think I thought Craig, it was a little weird. I think Craig was so good as Bond that I think it, they're going to have a hard time replacing him for a while. That's why I think they're probably going to end up taking a break from that character for like at least five years or something like that until they cast a new Bond. I'm actually wondering if they, because my thought was to go do two Bonds. Like legit have two Bonds. Go do one that's retro. Do Kingsman back in the 60s, right? Like do James Bond in the 60s. Like just go back and That'd go nuts. Fun. Yeah, I'd watch Spend I'd a watch ton like, of money. Uh, Period, period bond pieces. Do period bond pieces. And like, I don't know how you do it. If you do that as the movie. And then one or the other is HBO Max, right? So like, and then you have a new do like, a series or something. Yeah, but, there, but that then have another James Bond that's modern James Bond, like 2021, right out of the military, 35-year-old James Bond, just starting out as MI6 guy. We're going to go do a whole series with him. And that's the that new James cool. Bond. And then we have another James Bond that's 60s James Bond, like back in the day. With streaming now, I wonder if if they might do a streaming series with with uh, with Nomi. That I think that would be that would be an interesting way to do it because you know you could tell different types of stories in a streaming series than you could and uh, more serialized kind of stories than you could do in like standalone movies. I think what I've been seeing so far is that MGM is not capable of bankrolling another James Bond movie like this kind of size like 250 million james bond movie at this point and are looking to kind of move it into a streaming sphere if the nomi thing is what that ends up being you know they're going to reintroduce james bond as a character at some point right so i think yeah if you go and do like some hbo max stuff where you do you take these characters as they exist and do like new 007 foxy black lady or whatever yeah, or you want to call like it mi6 and like Nomi is yeah. like the the first like story arc that you do and then you like yeah. d- introduce some of the other double o agents or something like do a new double yeah this is the new double o kind of thing yeah. blah, blah blah you know because there's there's not there's historically nine different fucking double o agents right but yeah no i totally 100 percent agree you can yeah. do that anytime you want i and i want i see i just want to go back and do the period stuff now you know what i mean like yeah, <laughs> that's kind of where my brain goes and, to it's like do a trilogy of high budget period. either right well, that's the thing. You would spend the money. It would be the same budget, but you're spending it on making it period. Right. Like having to like, cause at that point now set dressing shit to look like the sixties is going to be fucking expensive more than anything else. Right. Yeah. So, or you just hire the guys who did Mad Men and make them fucking do it. Cause they fucking nailed it on the TV budget. So I guess, I mean, it, obviously it can be done quite well on a lower budget because they yeah. did it on TV. So, but yeah, 
Yeah. Anyways, let's go back to this movie. So the, the whole fucking Cuba sequence I loved. Anna Armas, we already talked about, it's just fucking fantastic as Paloma. At first, I thought her like over the top earnest act was going to like definitely be a put on and she actually ended up would end up being a double agent. But like I was pleasantly surprised they didn't go that way. And and she was just like legit fucking like super excited, exuberant young agent kind of thing. That was fantastic. But yeah, like the Spectre event, the Heracles reveal, the back and forth, like the competition between Bond and Nomi was so, so fucking much fun. Uh, yeah. And like in their in general, the two of them had really good like back and forth and chemistry and stuff like that. It was really, really fun to watch them, you know, sort of fighting over the the 007 moniker and everything and like her like taking shots at each other and stuff and him being like, oh, or her being like, uh, oh, is this weird for you? Like when. They're calling yeah. him 007 and he almost goes in. And Yeah. I He looks like he's having a good time doing these movies. I mean, like, I know this he was miserable, notorious, like, notoriously miserable about doing them and that, this, that, and the other thing. But, like, in terms of, like, just, like, being on set and working with people, it looks like he was having a good time doing this one, which is good because mm-hmm. it's, man, like, it, it always bummed me out to hear that he fucking hated doing, like, whenever you hear somebody, like, hating doing the, one of these movies that you love, it's always like, oh, that sucks that, like, they're not having as fun an experience with it as like we are as the audience, right? Like obviously making these is different than watching one of them or whatever, but it's still like, it doesn't, they, they get to do make believe for a fucking living. You would expect it to be more fun than it sounds like it actually is. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. It's always disappointing, but either way, uh, yeah, no, I liked, he's, he's always been good. Like he might, he's not my favorite bond. Cause I, I just have this weird soft spot for the old Connery stuff, but like yeah. he's definitely the, the best bond I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. And like, so I like Connery was the only one that I wasn't alive for at some yeah. point. Cause I'm pretty sure Roger Moore was still doing it in the eighties when we were born, even though he was fucking in his like fifties or like, something like that. He was that in his fifties at that point. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yes, yeah, so like I never, cause I never cared for Roger Moore and this, that's the problem with doing this move that like, this is the, the first time we've talked about bond. We have no history context of bond yeah. stuff on the podcast. Right. So like, it's all kind of coming up for the first time here. So it's like, Something we should go back and revisit at some point. Yeah, I I, yeah. I think Daniel Craig's my favorite. Like, I do love Connery as well. And I have a soft spot for Brosnan. Like, he was he was good for, for what they put him in. Kind for of what thing. they put him in, yeah. And, like, so the thing is, like, I always feel like Brosnan... Brosnan's kind of like Michael Keaton, you know what I mean, on the Batman side of things. Or, like, Val Kilmer. Probably more accurately Val Kilmer, right? Where, like, he does his first movie, and he wanted to come in and do, like, a serious movie. And then, like, it goes completely sideways on him like yeah. it, like those bond movies become cartoons really fast yeah. whereas like that's why keaton and kilmer left those batman movies was just because like they went from being like tim burton serious like art movies to being whatever the fuck batman forever and batman and robin <laughs> were i don't yeah. gay pastiche i guess i'm not really sure exactly <laughs> yeah, what you would much. call that but yeah like i feel like pierce brosnan like would have been and he's the guy that i'm like actually if they want to do old bond Fucking bring Prius Bosden back and do like a do Dark Bond fucking rises or whatever, you know what I mean? Or <laughs> Dark Dark Bond returns or whatever. I think he's a little old for for fucking Bond movies at this point. Is he? He's like in his like what is he in his sixties now? Like is he even yeah, in his seventies yet? Yeah. I don't know. Last time I saw him, he looked fucking good. Like look, he looked like he was in shape and like just Silver Fox in it. And I'm like, <laughs> give me this like old Bond movie with Pierce Brosnan. You know what I mean? As I liked him in those movies, he's the strong point in a bunch of shit in a lot yeah. of those movies. Yeah, it's right. Pretty, those like, are pretty fucking schlocky. Yeah, like especially like after you get past the second, like Tomorrow Never Dies is like, it's it's very 90s, but it, it's still pretty earnest. But like Dino the one after that goes off the fucking rails. Which one's the one with fucking Denise Richards in it? Where we're like it's just like all bets are fucking off. But no, Donna's in there for some goddamn reason or whatever. And like, what is happening? 
anyway, because I think that's the one with Gone Girl, uh, Rosamund Pike, too, right? Oh, okay. is the, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, There's a couple of them. Uh, the world is not enough. Oh, okay. I, yeah, the last batch of those movies get real confused in my head because they are like an acid trip bad like time kind of thing. So yeah. either way, we should probably get back to this movie that we're talking <laughs> about, not just like randomly chatting about James Bond yeah. shit that I love. Uh, let's see. In terms of other, I agree. Rami Malek, I thought was really good as stuff. And he was suitably menacing. He has, I mean, Rami Malek's always got like fantastic presence. Yeah. Super unsettling, especially that scene, just like fucking tension racked up, r- cranked up to 11 in Madeline's office. Well, like, yeah, the scene in the office, about, like being obsessed with her and shit. And- yeah. Yeah. And then the scene where he's splitting up Madeline and Mathilde later yeah. on like they're kind of keeping her away and like i say do is very very good in this like I, they've, they've done a very good job yeah in these movies like overall but in like the last two specifically of casting the bond girls very well or whatever bond women i don't know what you want to call them it's bond it's been bond girls forever right yeah and now it sounds reductive when you say it so whatever but they did a good job in these movies of casting the women to play against craig and stuff like that like between not all, mostly being age appropriate and like also being like, you know, solid actresses to work across from him so that they can carry part of the load of actually these movies drama kind of thing happening. Like Lacey is very good in this and Armist is very good in this. Oh man, I can't remember the other lady's name. Well, I liked uh, the, the child actress that they had playing Matilda as well. I thought she did a pretty solid job as well as far as child actresses go. I was, yeah, her name is uh, Lisa Dora Sonnet. Sonnet. Yeah. Yeah, Sonne, or Sonne, maybe if she's actually Sonne. French. I don't know. I don't know if she's actually French. She sounded French. I like. I know Leia Seydoux is French. You cannot fake that fucking accent, and that's why I swoon for her every time. Yeah. She starts talking in English with that French accent. I'm just like, dear God, you want me to go do what? Walk off the cliff? Fine. Fuck, I'm in. Let's go. And both of them brought so much emotion to the movie. That whole sequence with Madeline Mathilde at like mm-hmm. the the house in Norway, where you yeah. first meet Mathilde and everything, was was really good and like all the reviews that are calling this like the most emotional bond movie ever fucking spot on. Like he was Daniel Craig did a great job of like showing, showing vulnerability in this movie more than he has in the others. The problem with that is that it's almost damning by fate praise. Cause like it's a bond movie. They're not yeah, supposed they're to be these big emotional, emotional. Like it's not like it's a big snappy cry fest, but it's very, it's emotional for a bond movie. Yeah, for a Bond movie, it's good. It's like Logan emotional. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. that's yeah. fuck. That's the other thing this feels like. This has it's all Dark Knight Rises and Logan. So yeah. this, can we gripe yet? Because that's kind of what my big gripe is. <laughs> is that this is just like a Arkwell kit bash of Logan, The Dark Knight Rises, and Metal Gear Solid with some James Bond flavor tossed on top of it. Basically, let, let me burn but through my, my remaining praise, and then we can get to. Gripe. Oh no, I still got stuff I want to talk about too. Because yeah. like I want to get into like like a lot of the acting in this is really good. Like Jeffrey Wright, we were talking yeah. just because we were talking about performances, but like yeah. Jeffrey Wright's fucking awesome in this. The Shauna Lynch is good in this. I like Ben Wishaw as cute. Fucking great, like. Christoph Waltz, a fucking national treasure, put him in everything. You know yeah, what I mean? I He's so him. fucking good. Oh. Well that scene, like with uh, Daniel Craig, did some great shit in that too. Like yep. in where he's Craig's like, underrated too. In, in that scene in particular, like you could tell that Craig was like really gesticulating a lot with the one hand that was infected that he grabbed Madeline's wrist with, and like mm-hmm. you know they were really playing that up that like. You're looking yep. at that hand. You're like, oh my god, is he gonna fucking touch him? Is he gonna fucking touch him? And like, is this it? Is this it? Almost like a stink palm, stink palm level of <laughs> joke, kind of. <laughs> you know, it was one of those. Where he's like hot, fucking focusing on it and stuff like that. It was pretty yeah. intense. Uh, I think Kevin Smith directed that sequence. Yeah, <laughs> had that stink palm energy. Either way, yeah. like they gotta do way more with 
Christoph Waltz. Somebody else is going to use him for some huge villain role. Like, get him. Still show Mission Impossible now or something, right? Oh, probably. <laughs> I mean, he's probably he'll probably be the he'll. I mean, I mean, they have a big bad for Marvel at this point, right? Oh, like, they've got our next yeah, big make bad. Make him a Marvel villain or a fucking DC villain. Oh, for sure. but like, bring him over. I fuck. He he'd be. Oh my god, he'd be such a good Norman Osborn. He's so fucking <laughs> creepy when he wants to be. I would love to see him. Especially seeing him flip out. Imagine he was Doom. Oh, they already had Doom. They had Mads Mikkelsen. He's already been in a Marvel movie and a Bond movie. That's Doom right there. It's <laughs> slick. Like Le Chiffre in uh, Casino Royale. I'm like, that's Doom to me. Like that guy, mm-hmm. that's fucking Doom. Sign me up. But I mean, Christoph Waltz, if they made him Doom, yeah. Because what will end up probably happening is it'll be Ben Wyshaw because he's like 15 or whatever. Or looks yeah. 15, right? So, who was probably a very good actor too, and he plays like this role fine. It's just he doesn't isn't given a ton to do, and that's what kind of my other gripe is like the the MI six people because they've added, especially because they've added Lashana Lynch's character, Naomi Harris has fucking nothing to do, and I love Naomi Harris. Dear God, is she a pretty lady? Yeah, she's so good, in my opinion. I mean, they get rid and of she's so really much good. to do in Skyfall, though, right? So like she she had her big movie. Yeah, and that's why I think you, you're probably right about them wanting to do another one of these spinoffs because, like, I, I don't understand why you would spend that much time developing Money Penny in Skyfall Inspector mm-hmm. and then not use her as that agent when we come back and do this movie kind of thing. Yeah. Especially when this movie was only supposed to be removed from Skyfall by four years, not six, like yeah. it ended up kind of being. I don't know. That was a little weird. I don't like Ray Fines. I don't like dislike the fines boys i just don't give a shit like i'm not a middle-aged woman who busts after them in sweaters so i don't care (laughs) he's fine i just i prefer judy dench i would have gone like get helen mirren to replace judy dench so judy dench was so fucking good as m i I loved her yeah yeah oh i mean she was like she's my m that's the that's the one thing i don't remember i never remember who played m in the old movies you know what i mean i I remember yeah judy dench i just remember judy dench I remember the redhead who played Money Penny in those old movies, though, <laughs> for whatever reason. But either way, yeah. and then yeah, actually, and I liked the the doctor Obertchev. He was fucking Obertchev. funny. Yeah, like he had some good comedy beats. Is that David Cross for the first like five <laughs> minutes he was on camera? It's like, why did they just get David Cross to play that role? Because it looked like a lot like David Cross. But either way, so speaking of the the comedy beats, they brought in Phoebe Waller Bridger to do a like punch up of the script of the last minute mm-hmm. kind of thing. And you can definitely feel her influence on the script. Like yeah. there's some jokes and lines that definitely feel like her that it was good for the most part. It did get a little distracting in a couple points. Like there was yeah. jokes in, in places where I was like, that's not really a like, even for like a black comedy kind of like joke yeah. kind of thing or like diffusing the, the tension kind of thing. That seems, seems much, it seems a bit much. I think that's part of the that's kind of a Bond franchise like thing yeah, though, it, where like having that real gallows humor, especially like I think it's more from the books and like the early like Connery movies have like it. There, there's a lot of it in the early early stuff, and it's gone away a little bit. Where like the the humor is like black as fucking pitch. Yeah, and that's the one thing I I like about the Craig movies is they've started to get back because some of the jokes they pull, I'm like, oh fuck, why is that should be in an R rated movie? That joke's yeah. fucking that bleak. You know what I mean? And they're getting away with it for whatever reason, but yeah, they ended up sort of starting to lean more into those like campy schlocky kind of puns in this one. Yeah. The, it really blew his mind when Bond uses the EMP on the dude that has the, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I'd chuckle with that one. Or whatever. And I, I, I did a little bit. That one wasn't one of the ones that took me out, but that, that, that was one of a number of things that made me feel like they were trying to use this movie as a transition to get yeah. kind of, 
back to like a true more like true to form like the more classic bond movie style kind of thing because like but it feels like like, they've been doing that since skyfall yeah yeah they've been gradually doing it but like you know the first two i mean even skyfall i don't think was had that much of it well no but i mean like skyfall i feel like specter was where they were they were trying to get back to like the old classic bond formula and they fucked it up and now they're trying to do it back again it's almost like this like they it's almost like they were trying to scrape specter out of the fucking way and just redo (laughs) it with this movie basically kind of thing like this is their redo of specter it's like we're doing the dark knight rises again because we fucked it up last time here's big chunks of specter again (laughs) but different because it's rami malek also (laughs) And there was other stuff in there that also felt like sort of really like return to formula kind of thing, like starting the movie, not even even before we get that scene in Norway, but like with just the straight up like shooting down the hallway, you know, the circular iris or whatever kind of thing. And then he actually got they gave Craig one of those in the actual movie this time, too, where he shoots down the hallway in the uh, in the compound. Yeah, that that shot was dope, too. I I like that they gave him a real like an in movie one, too, which was pretty cool. And it was it was nice that he had that like this, you know, this being his last outing and everything that they really did, like give him some of those really classic Bond moments to to play with kind of thing. Yeah. Even if he didn't fucking hate it. <laughs> He's gotten to play with the car a lot more than a lot of the other guys have, like the old the classic Aston Martin and stuff like that. Like yeah. that, that comes out of fucking storage for him like every second well, yeah. movie now. And and I noticed that too, like, you know, even though he, in this movie he's retired, quote unquote, like he's clearly still got all that stuff in storage yeah. in London and can fall right back into that. Like, you know, he, he hasn't fully divorced himself yeah. and given himself up on like that spy life. So I, yeah. and I don't I mean, they do mention in Skyfall that like after they presumed him dead, they like standard protocol if there's no next of kin is put everything in storage and so yeah that's the storage locker that he goes into it has one of those old classic uh, aston martins in it and his, his suits and everything you can see on a rack in the back of it yeah there were some of those sets that were just like really visually dynamic and well shot the nanobot farm in particular that establishing shot of it with the like light up columns and every that that shot was really beautiful i like that a lot felt like it was right out of blade runner 2049 Oh yeah, for so, sure. Like, yeah. it's like one of those problems. Like, that's part of the thing I love about Bond, and part of the thing that kind of like makes me nuts about Bond is that they do so much lifting from everywhere else, and then kind of fitting it to their flavor. That sometimes they don't do enough fitting it to their flavor, where I can just like, oh, I know where this is coming from. Oh, I know where that's coming from. Like, I can see where they've stolen the shit that they yeah. want to put in this to make it cool and Bond kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like, oh. That's whatever. But I like, yeah, for the most part, like the set design in that whole, the end sequence, like all that Dr. No-esque, like industrial nuclear test site kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And then those weird, yeah, the, it's almost like the, like people panning for gold or whatever the fuck they're doing in that, in the yeah, nanobot yeah. liquid or whatever. They're just down there doing like experiments in their gear yeah. <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's evocative of that kind of like Blade Runner 2049 kind of imagery or whatever. Sure. So yeah, uh, yeah. I thought like, it all looks Protein cool. Just like or whatever in, in yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Like I love it. I love it. It looks cool. It's just that it always like I'm always my brain just starts picking it. Like where did they steal this from? Because I like it knows it stole it from somewhere. Because mm-hmm. that's what James Bond has been doing since the '60s is just stealing from other action franchises and putting it in a spy movie. <laughs> yeah, make, and making the slicker version of it, right? Like making the 250 million dollar version of it as opposed to whatever the other. Because like these movies owe so much now to like John Wick, Jason Bourne. 
like all that modern action, the Batman movies, like those Nolan Batman movies. There's even some of Tenet in this fucking movie. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like you can kind of get some flavor. And these movies were probably made at the same fucking time, so it doesn't make yeah. sense that there's that flavor in it. But they feel like those. You know what it is? It's Inception more than anything. You get that kind oh, of yeah. like yeah. Chris Nolan flavor to it. So like, yeah, give Denny Villeneuve one of these fucking things because they didn't give Nolan one yet. Give them both fucking James Bond movies. Make <laughs> dueling James Bond movies with Denny Villeneuve and Chris Nolan. See who's better. The one thing in this one that I was kind of new to Bond for me was I got some some real horror vibes, especially in that opening sequence where uh, Safin is like stalking Madeline yeah. in the house and everything. Like the the cold open, like there there were like with the mask, and then there was actually like some jump scary like sound beats with the home invasion. Like there's one point where the camera turns and he's just in the house kind of thing and shit like that. Oh yeah. It was like a fucking horror movie. Like that was, it was effective because like, you know, if in that situation, Madeline would be just fucking terrified. Yep. I don't disagree. I just like the, the horror stuff goes all the way back to like Russia from Russia with love where they kill bond in the opening sequence with the, the big Russian dude and Mm. he's being stalked through the labyrinth and all that kind of shit. And they're doing like, uh, psycho string stings and stuff like that. That kind of stuff has floated in and out of them. I mean, it's like everything else in the Bond franchise. Everything that's Diddy God at one moment will fly in and out of a Bond movie because Bond movies are eternal and perennial and always happening and just always lifting from the like top level of the zeitgeist at that moment. You know what I mean? They're always skip like sifting off the top level of the zeitgeist. Yeah. So that kind of horror stuff, I mean, that's fucking super... I mean, fuck, did you watch? We just watched Candyman. <laughs> there was tons of that shit in oh, Candyman. Yeah, sure. And it had that kind of flavor. It's a very modern horror flavor to take, like, like being stalked through your house. Very yeah. urban fear, right? So, like, yeah. Spawn movies, they just kind of pastiche whatever they need to to get anything around. Uh, the only other thing I want to say before we get into gripes was that, like, I, I definitely, I mean, they heavily forecasted sort of the end game of the movie, like that Bond was going to end up getting infected with the nanobots that were coded to Madeline or whatever. And, like, no matter what happened, he wasn't ever going to be able to be with her or her daughter ever again kind of thing. Like, as soon as you see Safin introduce that, I was like, okay, well, that's where this is fucking going. I didn't necessarily think that they were going to kill him. I thought it might have just been like, oh, now you have to live this tortured life where you just can never see the love of your life kind of thing. I assume they were just going to do like the he has to walk away and just like stays with MI6 for the remainder of his life because he has, he can't go to his love, his lady love or whatever. He's never going to have a standard James Bond. Life, so it's just yeah. I might as well just be miserable and just fucking die doing spy work kind of thing. Yeah, I kind of assume they were just going to let him go. Like, yeah, just kind of because a lot of the Bonds just kind of walk away. Right. Like you don't necessarily get like this Bond die. Like we didn't watch Sean Connery die in any of his movies or whatever. Yeah. Or Brosnan for that matter. Uh, be more contemporary. Uh, he didn't die at the end of that last one. God, I wish he had. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all either right. way, do you want to move on to grapes then? Sure. Too long. It's too <laughs> long. And, but like, to be fair, only about like fifteen minutes, and like Spectre was too long too. These movies should not be any longer than like two twenty tops. Two forty is like pushing it. End game, guys. Like. You get to do it like every once in a while. Not every movie we see has to be fucking three hours long. Like, and that's the problem. Like every movie we see with the exception of fucking Venom, let there be carnage for whatever reason. Every movie we've watched the last little while has been like two and a half hours long. Even fucking Suicide Squad. Like, why are we sitting here for two and a half hours? Like, come on. 
I think Dune, I think for Dune, it will be justified because that is like a huge fucking sci-fi epic, but they're going to have to work. Re- See, the problem with Dune is they're going to have to work extra hard for like everybody. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be into it. I'm going to be the one who's going to be like, you're really going to have to work for this Denny Villeneuve because it's not Blade Runner. It's not a world that I'm like, like with Blade Runner, I'm like, I'm fucking invested in this world. I love the Blade Runner world. With Dune, I'm like, these books got fucking weird after the first one and I don't really care <laughs> for it. So I don't know what we're doing here. Like they have to get me to, I need to buy into Dune kind of thing. Yeah. So that's, Dune's that's like a totally a different sci-fi franchise that I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Anyways, I think there is a lot of beloved sci-fi franchise. Come oh, on. Yeah. It's, it's not it's one of like the top, like three, you know, maybe, maybe top three, like sci-fi, sci-fi books. literature franchises okay, that people fair. would like cite, you know, I don't think that translates to box office the way you think it will because it's books and people don't fucking read. You don't even read books properly anymore. <laughs> Not much. I am reading Dune right now. But <laughs> yeah. See, I'm listening to Dune while I'm working this week, but it's yeah. like slow going. It keeps putting me to sleep. <laughs> I got to find a different, I got to find a different reader. Either way, Bond movie, Bond movie. We're talking about biggest, the Bond movie. What am I biggest gripe for me is, is Safin's character overall is just his. Safian. It's the two characters. Safian Noman. Nomi. Uh, Safin and Nomi, the two of them, are completely underserved by this way too long movie, and that's like my biggest gripe. It's like this movie's two and a half hours, th- two and three quarter hours long, and you've got two new characters in there, both of which that I'm very interested in, both of which you underserved. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have more from Safin for sure, but like yeah. his motivation again, like once he's killed Blofeld and Spectre, like I just, just don't understand yeah, what evaporates. he's doing anymore. It's just like I just want to now. I just want to kill people, right? It's just like vague vague new world order thanos like kind of genocide or whatever and you don't ever really know why he's doing it so i'm also like this is and this is a common issue that i have with bond movies and sort of like spy movies in general is like where these like counterintelligence or or, you know where these like evil entities or whatever where he gets all these fucking resources from like why are all these people on this island working for him are they like hostages are they cult members that like believe in his mission? Is he just pay really well that he can get people to come out and live on this island and fucking like do really dangerous work with hazardous materials? Like I don't fucking get like how he has all like hundreds of people working for him. I mean, that's the question for all of these characters like Blofeld too. Like how does Blofeld have this many people working for Spectre? Like it's aside from paying them exorbitantly well with their criminal gotten gains. I guess yeah, that's but the in, only that, in this case, like, I, there's no implication necessarily that Safin has that same that's, income yeah. or whatever, right? Like, you don't, you don't know. They never really say like it, why Safin has all these fucking resources and money or whatever to do Tim, what he's done. The Joker always has fucking sidekicks too, and like, <laughs> talk about like the worst possible boss on the planet. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, I'm sure Remy Malik's probably giving these people some like benefits and stuff like that. <laughs> I would hope. He's, he's not great, like the Joker. He's got great pharmacare coverage. That's it. Fucking their 401k is fucking unbelievable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but none of them like survives to the point where they can fucking. That's why it's unbelievable, Tim, because he's promising these people something that he's never going to have to give them because James Bond's going to kill them all. So what difference does it make? That's actually really good supervillain fucking one on one right there. Is promise people the world because there's a like ninety eight percent chance the Avengers are going to show up and stomp their fucking brains in for you, and you won't have to pay it out or whoever. Yeah, sorry, I default to Marvel. Like, yeah, Spider Man's going to show up and punch their fucking heads in or whatever, right? So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, or they're going to get shot by Bond or something, or blown up by Bond. The other issues I have with Stefan one is that I'm not totally clear on his timeline, how old he is. Because it seems like it's been at least 20 years has passed between 
him killing Madeline's mother and the events of this movie. But like in the movie, he only looks like he's maybe like mid thirties or something like that, maybe 40. So was like he a teenager when he killed Mr. White's wife? Like, or has he done some weird experiments with like the poisons and stuff that he works with that have somehow extended his life. And that's why he's got weird patterning or whatever on his face and shit. Like, but you know, if that's the case, you have to fucking tell me like, well, that's yeah. I mean, that's the big problem, right? Is like, we don't know anything about him. He's like, he, yeah. And like out of the two characters that I'm bitching about, he's probably the more underserved from this movie. And like, I have no idea like any of his backstory and what they do give me is interesting, but like, I want to know more. Not like I want a mini series about him or anything like that more, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, give me fucking 10 more minutes in this goddamn movie and explain him a little bit better so that when he dies, it's not just Bond fucking double tapping him in the chest. Yeah. And I forget about it, that he existed right after that. You know, like that sucks, right? Yeah, it could have really cool, like Lofeld, the kind of, you know, uh, villain, but yeah, he just kind of, yeah, just, 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 they just, he just, he just falls apart in the third act, basically. Yeah, like, why are we not setting up another Blofeld? Like, why can't there be more than one? Why, why, if Batman's got multiple villains, why can't James Bond have a rogues gallery that isn't just fucking Blofeld? Yeah, they don't need to die at the end of every movie, right? Like, Silva was a great fucking villain, too. Like, I would have... I mean, Alex Trevelyan, like, 006 in Goldeneye would have been somebody you... Like, why would you not have him, play like, always around getting hired by the other big bads, like, working with the other big bads, just, like, that perennial shadow character to Bond, you know what I mean? Always there always ready for Bond's horse shit because he fucking does exactly the same thing that Bond does. Have that guy be a recurring character. It's like the Prometheus character in DC, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's like always around, can, can kind of counter everybody or whatever. I don't yeah. know. I think I put more thought into these fucking franchises than the actual franchise owners <laughs> sometimes though. So, well, actually, yeah, like that's, that's probably true. Maybe just like needed like one more pass or something like that to really like, you know, figure out where the fat was that they could trim a little bit more of and then where they could... Uh, where they could pop in, you know, a little bit more context on a couple of these characters. The problem is you could say that about literally every James Bond movie for the past 25 years. Is that the, the script probably needed another pass before they shot it. Because there's always going to be, no matter what happens, like even the most fucking well-loved Bond movie, right? Like name, name, like Skyfall was the last one that everybody went fucking nuts for, right? Skyfall's plot is just The Dark Knight. Like it's literally <laughs> just the dark night and it's not put together in a way that actually makes any fucking sense when you like pull it apart. Oh yeah. It's not, it's not structured like a, like a movie should be kind of thing. No, it's the movie makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And like the plot's all fucking over the place. And like Silva has to do some stuff that makes him look real fucking dumb. If you think about it to get to where he needs to be so that his plan can happen. And it's just like, it's a design disaster, but it's a slick fucking ride the whole time. Yeah. So you don't give a shit while you're watching it. But it falls apart after that's James Bond 101. If it holds together for the two hours you're sitting in the theater and you don't question it until you get up and walk away, they fucking nailed it. But if the real problem with these Bond movies is that like 95% of the time you get up and as you're pissing before you even leave the theater, you're like six plot holes are hitting you as you're staring at the wall and being like, ah. God damn it, it ruined it for me. As I haven't even left the theater yet and it's ruined for me. Yeah. So that's kind of James Bond 101, right? It's like you're gonna it's dumb action that looks fucking great and everybody's hot as all get out on screen so you're distracted constantly by (laughs) sexiness or cool or action or like sexiness or cool or action and that they just loop those three things over and over again sometimes they combine them sometimes it's anadarmus in literally half a dress killing 68 dudes and it may be the hottest fucking thing you've ever seen in your life (laughs) 
then something dumb happens right after, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's a Bond movie. Yes. Man, Anna de Armas, <laughs> call me. Uh, you know, the only other couple things I had one was that that staircase sequence in the Saffin's lair or whatever, where like Bond just fucking massacres like dozens of dudes and he doesn't take a dope. single hit. Like it was yep. dope, but like it, it was it, John Wick. Yeah. Well, he doesn't like it. It was just very much like, oh, that that's a lot of bu- fucking bullets that, you know, fucking Bond just dodged. Uh, yeah. It's John Wick, not done right. So <laughs> it's only takes punches. It's also shit, right? it's, so. that's another one that I think is like overly long and didn't really need to be quite as long as it yeah, was yeah. Thing. And so, um, so and I mean, I'm uh, going for hallway fights as a daredevil guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, that one was a little bit long. So and then the only other thing that was kind of weird to me, like when they go through that whole like thing with the foxglove, where Safin shows Matilde the foxglove in his garden and says like, oh. "Yes, this could kill you if you." ate even a little bit of it or whatever i thought for sure that was a Chekhov's gun that was getting cocked at that point and it just yeah. never never comes due kind of thing so like i thought it was like bond was gonna like Chekhov's force... gun has to be cocked in the first act and fired okay. in the third act this is the th- we were in the third act when they cocked the gun for this so it was yeah. is they're allowed to do that and not fire it okay just i don't know poison has been used as a plot point in basically every one of these uh daniel craig Bond movies, like even like Casino Royale, like he gets poisoned yeah, yeah. with Foxglove. I think actually in that movie also, if I'm not remember, mistaken, I don't remember what it was there. But he has a heart attack, yeah. right? And he goes and yeah, gets yeah. whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. Get the they use the poison thing in these movies a lot. So yeah, it was just it was weird thing to like really dwell on without like having it pay off. Like I thought for sure like Bond was going to stuff some of that down his throat or something like that, and that was how Safin was going to die. And you know that's poetic justice or whatever because like his that was his family's whole thing was that poison garden and everything but just yeah. like kind of left there hanging so that was kind of weird. well actually because i, I kind of thought like he was gonna like walk up and like take a sip of tea that like the, the daughter had put something in and then he starts to choke mm-hmm. and you realize the daughter had poisoned them but then i'm like wait that's really grim making like that little 10 year old girl fucking murderer <laughs> well she is she is james bond's daughter so maybe it's in the blood this is clearly like a point where like i should not be writing these fucking movies because i'd have a fucking eight-year-old girl fucking murdering or five I guess she's five right killer. she's five i think right because it's only been five years since they split apart yeah. yeah so like that's a weird plot point also like where that girl's like five but she runs around like she's like 10 like they've obviously act- cast her up a little bit even though there's yeah, no yeah. way she could be any older than like maybe four and a half or whatever at this point so yeah uh that was pretty much everything i had is there anything anything else you wanted to say before we give this sucker rating and put it to bed no i love james bond movies i wish i can't be- i cannot believe this is the first one we've done on the podcast that's kind of like yeah. blowing my fucking mind. it's a topic we should go back and talk about in sort yeah. of a, a top top level view of the whole thing. Do a top level thing yeah because yeah. it's not like all these questions like who's your favorite bond who's your fucking like which song do you like the best yeah. the chris cornell one's the best one just so we're all clear <laughs> uh i editorialize on that one but yeah no i don't i mean i really enjoyed this i'm i'm just wishing it happened two years ago so <laughs> all right well give it a your final thoughts and a score to 10 mark I'm going to go with like an eight. This is a solid eight. It's not like it didn't blow me away. It's not the best of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. I still think Casino Royale is the strongest overall like movie out of the five of them. And I just watched all of them in the last couple of ten for sure. Oh, I was a nine and a half. As a Bond movie, that might be a ten. Like that might be the one perfect movie to me. Like I'm trying to think of any. I'm sure there's little niggly plot things that I would hate in there that when I if I watched it again. 
and I just did, but like I, I wasn't reviewing it. I was just kind of watching it to watch it. Mm-hmm. I would probably have some fucking thing to gripe about in there, but like, yeah, I think Casino Royale is my favorite still. This is probably like right in the middle, and so it's an eight. I like all of these, all of his movies. The only one that's really like not great is Quantum of Solace on its own. I think, and also I actually, Spectre. I, I rewatched uh, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace the same day, and it's, it was the first time I'd watched them back to back like that, and they do hold up much yeah. better as like a you know just a combined two piece, piece, you know, like yeah. Kill Bill one, Kill Bill two kind of thing. Yep, you know, volume, absolutely. Volume one volume two, like one big story. There's still some weakness in Quantum of Solace in terms of like yeah. the villain fucking sucks donkey ass and shit like that like dominic green sucks and like the actor who plays him is not intimidating at all or anything like that but like it's a it's a pretty good story to follow up casino royale and then like skyfall falls apart because it's just it's trying too hard to be the dark knight and mm-hmm. then like specter tries real hard to be winter soldier and kind of <laughs> doesn't do that real well either so like Spectre's a, a kind of a mess a disappointing mess I think Spectre is the one where I was like the most disappointed out of all of them because I was just like, oh, they're finally like we're doing Spectre and like Blofeld and like we're going to do a modern take on this. And they just kind of like <laughs> drop the ball <laughs> yeah. on it overall. And it kind of sucks. But no, no time to die is an eight and a half. It owes a lot to Chris Nolan's Batman movies and to Metal Gear Solid, but it is still a highly entertaining Bond movie. You just went up half a point. You started at eight. Did and I? Eight. And a half. eight? Well, there you go. Eight and a half. We'll say eight and a half. <laughs> I eight liked half, it. Eight and a half is what I had it at too. I thought it was a great, like, fitting end to Craig's run as Bond. Um, it did feel like maybe the script needed like one more pass just to handle a couple of the. It's plot like holes every other James Bond movie, balance, though. So balance things out a little bit more. But besides that, fantastic Bond movie has you know yeah. everything that you want in it in a Bond and movie. And the just specifically, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> everything you want <laughs> and, in uh, life uh, and in the arms yeah right fair enough uh, it, it just was a little unbalanced like you know there was yeah. there was some stuff that was a little i wanted a little bit more of and some stuff that mm-hmm. i could have done with a little bit less of so cool uh all right so that's it for our review of our first bond movie ever so let's move on to our final segment which is geek cred which where we just recommend something for you to check out we think you might enjoy mark what's your geek cred for this week I can't say Metroid, can I? Can I just say Metroid? Go fucking play Metroid. If yeah, you have a Switch. It won't be the first time you've you've doubled up on Geek Cred and Geek of the Week. So. Well, it's because I find them to be redundant segments that we probably should like combine properly. But like, yeah, I should have just said it then. Like, it should be both. It's both. Just go play Metroid Dread. <laughs> if you have a Switch, which apparently everybody in North America has a fucking Switch now. I didn't realize, like, the only people who don't have them are our parents. Like, everybody has a Switch now. Did you know that? That's the it's only just... fucking thing that anybody can get now, right? They still haven't tried yeah, to find basically. fucking PS5s. Yeah. And... yeah, the Switch lights are all over the place. So, like, yeah, go grab yourself a Switch. Or if you, you obviously probably have one already, but so go fucking buy Metroid for it because it's fucking awesome. There you go. I don't know. I got nothing else. I've, all I've been doing is watching Bond movies this week. And uh, so, like, I recommend going to see this movie also if you have a chance to go check it out without, like, compromising your immune system or whatever the yeah. fuck wherever you are yeah go see the bond movie too uh for me my geek cred is what's going on in the bat books right now which is the batman fear state crossover scarecrow is the main villain in it and that's not something that you get very often like scarecrow is usually like kind of like a one-off like you know maybe short run just in one of the books right like batman mm-hmm. or detective but in this case uh, he's sort of capitalizing on the destruction of Arkham Asylum or like the massacre that happened in Arkham Asylum and the sort of chaos that has is coming out of that in Gotham to basically try and use like a wide widespread panic 
and fear to trigger like an evolution in the people of Gotham. He's trying to like do that like through fear and he's he's paralleling it to what Batman went through, like that he had to like overcome his fear and became, you know, this amazing fucking human like killing or not killing machine, but like crime fighting machine or whatever uh, out of that sort of thing. So he's saying like, I want to do this with the entire city. And so he's using a, a few different tactics to do that. Like he's been, it's, it's you know, sort of, he's been manipulating a lot of things behind the scenes for a while to do that. So he thinks Batman is a mutation and not just a fellow psychopath. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. It's, it's not necessarily like, it's not like a, you know, strict, like evolution. It's not like an evolution in the strict, like a mutant like, kind of thing. That's what I'm trying I'm yeah, immediately going to like Deadpool where like they, they do, they use fear and like pain and stuff to like, uh, yeah, incite it's, your it's, it's sort of like, you know, he's trying through. to put the whole city through like a traumatic event in the, in the hopes or like in the belief that they, it, it will come out stronger as a result of it kind of thing. Okay. So cool. he's, he's putting like the whole city through like, he's taken, uh, he's taken over Oracle and is like, basically like promoting misinformation and fear through the Oracle network and stuff like that. And okay. so it's, it's so it, it, uh, like I said, across like across Batman, detective comics, Catwoman, Nightwing. I think that's all the books. Oh, and the, the next Batman as well. The uh, Jace Fox, one of Lucius, oh, okay. Lucius Fox's yeah. like second son. Mm-hmm. The, so all of those books right now are going through it. And it's, uh, it's, I think maybe, Maybe about a third of the way, maybe close to half of the way through right now, and it's been really good so far. Cool. Yeah, because I said Scarecrow just really doesn't get those big like top tier stories, and this has been an interesting, interesting. Wait till you play Arkham Knight, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's the main villain in Arkham Knight. Cool. And it's awesome. It's uh, what's his name's voice? Dude from Fringe, and actually he's in Lord of the Rings too. Uh, the steward of Gondor. Oh, Dennis or John Noble. Yeah, John Noble. It's John oh, Noble. Nice. That's the voice of Scarecrow in uh, Arkham Knight. Cool. It, he's fucking good. It's really good. Yeah. So awesome. Get those. Get those Arkham games, man. You got at least three of them to play. Yeah. Well, I'll get there. I got to get through the the Spider Man DLC first. That's the other thing. I finally did finish the main oh, story of, of Spider Man last weekend. Nice. So. Uh, nice. All right. So with that, we will finish out this episode. Thank you very much for listening, folks. And if you would like to talk to us about anything that we mentioned on this week's episode no time to die anything we talked about in our news you can talk to us on facebook at facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast you can tweet at us at drd underscore podcast you can tweet at me directly at drd underscore tim you can tweet at mark at m underscore roulette uh, mark's instagram is mt underscore roulette and you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, you can do so through Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and most places that podcasts can be found. If you like this episode, share it with a friend, give us a rating. Those are the sorts of things that help us out. We would appreciate it. And it costs you nothing to do. Say good night, Mark. I would just like to point out that uh, in spite of the title of this movie, uh, James Bond did in fact find time to did, die. Finally did finally. very much. So yeah, it was always on his schedule. He was just, you know, he was just really busy. And well, he's a busy guy. You know what I mean? Like, there's always somebody who wants to sleep with him. So, like, exactly. there's always somebody to fuck. And yeah, there's always more. There's, there's like as much as he tries, there's still more alcohol that needs to be drank. And so that keeps him very busy. There's somebody who needs to get shot in the side of the head, too. You know what I mean? Like, he's got lots That's of things that he needs to get done. Was he yeah. got stuck on an island that had no alcohol and no more women. And so he's like, well, it's time to die now.
Time to die now. Yeah, that's yep. right. Uh, there it is. <laughs> All, right. All right. Talk to you next time, folks. All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>